and welcome to Talking Crit. It's going to be a little bit of a, a shake-up. If you look down below, you see our guest is not the guest you see on the screen. I will adjust that in a second. But I am Eric Tenkar, uh, my uh, Wednesday work spouse to my side is another than Bad Mike. And my occasional workout partner via VR is Zach Glazer down below. His hot yoga partner. Yeah. That's me. No, no, no. no. The, the, hot, the hot yoga shit is because of Joe the lawyer. <laughs> and, uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah we're going to raise a couple hundred dollars. already got like $3 pledged if I do yoga in like oh. hot yoga pants. And uh, we will do it for charity. I'm hitting you up. What do you think, Robert and Speedo or uh, Eric doing hot yoga? Oh, it's still going to be Robert and Speedo's worse, right? I'm hanging up. <laughs> no, no hanging up. You're not allowed. You can't hang up. You can't do it. So, so we, have, we have a special guest tonight. Um, he is a no-show. We don't, we don't know why. I mean, it could be many reasons, but um, we were able to get a hold of Zach on short notice. And, um, <laughs> That's true. Um, uh, Zach is um, in DFW taking care of frog. We had some frog god stuff uh, inventory, and he came to see what we got here for frog god. And so he had me in the other room, and so he's going to take a break from inventory, and we're gonna uh, <laughs> we're gonna make him talk to us. Start counting. Stop counting. God uh, damn it. God damn it, Zach. Yeah, it's a bunch of counts. <laughs> It's a bunch of stuff that we really don't need. Let's put it that way. Oh, well, can I swear on the show? Oh my fuck yes! Well, that's all we do here. Yeah, we we, we yeah we, we don't care. <clears throat> we swear all the time. Do we swear? We swear. We always um, swear. We, we are we are the swearers. We so, are. So yeah. So so he's uh he's the man on the spot. We we said hey go put a headphone or go get your computer turned on. Join us. Uh, leave Frog God for a while and let's and let's join a successful. Uh, YouTube show. Um, Finally. Because he used, used to be on GDZ, and I know I know that's your and Skeeter's baby, but, you know, it, it's 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 really um, – it's not up to the par of our show. I mean, it's it's okay. It's, it's it lacks good, the class. Yeah. For what it, it is, it's a class. good show. You, oh, wait, you oh, have, oh, yeah. This show has class. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go that far. No, no, really, really right. Yeah, no. he's right. He's right. It does. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I guess in comparison – by the way, if you hear strange noises in the background, like the pattering of little feet, it's actually the pattering of heavily blown raindrops. The remains of Ida are coming through New York. Uh, before I logged in, we were looking at three to five inches of rain tonight. Uh, and it's, it's literally hitting the window right behind my computer. That's more rain than we get all year in Arizona. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, you know, we would gladly donate. My, listen, my fear, my fear is that after this show, I'm going to walk downstairs to my basement and see about an inch and a half, two inches of water, uh, you know, covering up most of the ground. And that's not going to make me a happy uh, a happy bartender. I'm going to be very hateful. Well, we're going to um, – so we're not talking about Kickstarter tonight. We're going to be well, talking about Frog God Games. Hey, what's for, and we're gonna talk about what Frog Games has coming because uh, Zach knows all this. We're gonna he's okay, gonna join it might us be for, Kickstarters, right? It could be Indiegogo. Oh, oh, uh, oh, it might be. He's gonna it's join us for for um. We're going to do this week at stupid. We've got a lot of stupid this week. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> um, well, is that why I'm on the show? Great. Yeah, 
Yeah, we want your opinion on this week and stupid. Stupid no, is a stupid. Oh, I thought it was on. this week and stupid. Oh, okay. No, no, no. You're not. You're not. But we haven't had you, you on a while. We had you on uh, during uh, Total Con, I believe. That's the last time. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And um, I heard since then you've gotten laid, which I think is amazing. Um, that was all, That's awesome. And I'm glad that uh, it finally happened for you. Um, you know, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. Congrats to your wife. Uh, I'm in the game industry. Oh well, yeah, that's. that's well, I thought you said what I thought you said, but I didn't want to actually know. No, I said. said it. Uh, no, I said it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, but but uh, uh, we've got a lot of, or there's a lot of really interesting things going on with Frog Eye Games and uh, Total Con. We had a great time. We had a great time during North Texas. You didn't come on after North Texas, did you? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think. You I don't get same. invited. You invite a bunch of losers, uh, but never me. We had Skeeter. Oh, uh, oh uh, sorry. exactly. Oh, Alyssa. Oh, well, Alyssa, oh, you know. You're not a loser, though. Alyssa's badass, to be fair. Okay. Seriously, if you had to choose between you and Alyssa, come on, man. I'd choose Alyssa for right away. Yeah. Hey, we had a, there's we a had reason Jeff why I don't go on a lot of shows, because Frog Eye has more interesting people than me. Well, and Jack Cole had a guest appearance last week, too. That's when he's well, my favorite. Jack Cole's awesome. He is. He had a, he had a guest appearance yeah. handing, handing Alyssa a drink. And we, we, he did have fear in his eyes, though, and he tapped out Morse code. <laughs> Help me no. on his eyeball. So I felt I'm a little, little ambivalent about that. But you know, he's Jack's just gonna have to make it. And by the way, <laughs> I mailed Alyssa's package. Everyone wants to know the package I assembled last week. It is in the mail and it's on its is way. This is one of the armor. This is not the armor. This is all the stuff. The armor is still she, here, right? Yeah, it's still in the warehouse somewhere. <laughs> she the uh, the stuff she wanted. I don't think it will fit any of that. Yeah, it, I should have. I should have worn the armor. I should have worn the armor. Been so funny, but no, this is the stuff it's I. Been like your skin suit, because that's what she's gonna wear when they are, I wear the armor. <laughs> she bought it in 2019. I didn't ship it to her. I finally got around to shipping it, plus some other stuff. I gave her a bunch of freebies too. So <laughs> nice, because you know how I've been called lazy. I I, I don't disagree at all. You know, but well, you, you, you pick and choose what you're lazy about, right? Which yeah. is the worst kind of lazy. It is because then you know you just, that person can do it. You know they can do it. They're just choosing not to do it, as opposed to Ken Whitman. Like no, no when we need something from Frog God sent from here to somebody, it goes out right away. Mm -hmm. When I personally need something from here, I have to have my wife ask him because he will tell her yes, yeah. even though he won't send it. He'll at least say yes, <laughs> which God, is a that, step in the right I hate direction. To say, it, but that's absolutely that's so true. <laughs> it it's is. so true. Yes. But, um, um, that's no. that's why I don't have a position like that because I hate shipping, and we all know that. So yeah. my wife uh, just gave a thumbs up. By the way, that that that's true. Ooh. So she's watching. Oh, she used oh. to watch. Oh, we love your watch. Your wife popping in. You should because uh, she knows you, Mike. Wow. She's on to you. Oh, no. Uh -oh. We, we shared some very intimate emails today. Me and her. Our, our yeah, I, extremely. Yeah, they were impressively stupid. Yeah, they were very stupid, but it was fun. <laughs> your wife's hilarious. You were I love about your wife. The same with Rach and a lot of the wise people is they get it. You know, you, you have. <laughs> I, I love my wife so much, but my wife honestly doesn't get it. She just doesn't get it. She doesn't get the whole war, game scene, RPGs, whatever. I mean, she's great. You met my wife. She's awesome, but she doesn't get it. Your wife gets it. Rach gets it, which is great because they, they understand. My wife is told onto you, and you're not making any friends by saying that right now. Your wife is awesome, man. It's not going to help you. Oh, damn it. You sure? Really? It's <laughs> not going to get you any troubles that you might have already so, gotten so into, you, Mike. So do you remember the uh, prank we pulled on your wife when I first met you? It was awesome. When I wouldn't friend her on Facebook? 
Oh yeah, yeah I remember that. That was so great. So how how many how many years did that go? It was about a year, right? It was about eighteen months. Yeah, that was great. So our so what I had said once uh, to Zach was you shouldn't have your friends' wives as fan, as friends on Facebook. And she took umbrage this and said oh, yes. that's that's not true. I can be everybody's friend. And so she tried to friend me on Facebook, and I let it sit there for months and months and months and months and months. No, and then, then you friended her and unfriended her the same day, remember? Right. And she, she that drove her crazy. Then I would um, be really cryptic. I'd say really cryptic things to her, and like uh, then I would sign off and stuff. And so it drove her crazy knowing that I would – she couldn't understand why to I would be To be fair, friend. she didn't have very far to drive, though, dude. No. But she didn't know – what was going on? That was that was the best part. She had no clue what I was doing, so it flummoxed her. And usually, your wife is not flummoxed with people. No, she, she does not she take well. Man. Yeah. So I had the upper hand all that time. Now I don't have the upper hand anymore. Not at all. For that eighteen months, I had the upper hand. No, so she hard. has your number now. Oh, I lived in her head so well. I had an eighteen-story mansion in her head. It was great. And then and I now finally, look at you. Then I finally friended her during a, a game Holcom one year. So. And now she acts like your boss. Yep. You know, she tells what to do now. Rock. But that was great. It was great for about a year, just just uh, totally uh, owning your wife like that. It was hilarious. Yeah, I don't know what that'd be like. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've never had that. You've never had that. Uh, no, not before. once. No. I met my wife when I was a freshman in high school, and uh, never. Oh, was she the same bitch then as she was now? or? No, she's never a bitch. Oh. She's, just in, she's just in charge. Oh. And remains so. God bless her. <laughs> Was she mean girl in the high school? No, no, no. She's really? just tough. Tough but fair. She strikes really? me as mean girl, really. No. All right. I'm going to take your word. Mean to you. Oh. And Pex, poor Pex. <laughs> mean to me and Pex. I have. I can neither confirm nor deny she's mean to Pex. She has really mean. All right. What? So, um, Eric, what, what are we going to do here? Uh, you want to ask him about some frog guys? I mean, this is – we're, we're, we're just what, uh, we're spitballing what? here. Well, we're going to skip all, but I do have a question, being that um, Zach is one of the few people who I know of in the OSR that has actually successfully had miniatures in his Kickstarter and not just shipped on time, but um, probably didn't make any money, but he didn't, he didn't lose. I didn't lose any money. Else. That's true. All right. So now, Frog God does not do miniatures directly. Correct. Uh, we've had the, uh, what is it, the, uh, what was it, center? We don't talk about that. Center stage, oh, oh we don't mention yeah. oh, oh, yeah. These oh, shall, yeah. shall not be mentioned, yes. All right, we'll have, we'll have to bring uh, one of the barshes on for that conversation. But in any case, currently there is uh, a company that is working with the frogs, putting out miniatures based upon Rappanathic. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> what makes this one different than the last one? Is they're done. Okay. <laughs> right. they're, oh, finished. Oh. they're finished and they're paid hey, for. Hey. Um, it's uh, Next Level Games um, is the one. Next Level Miniatures is the one making them. And they're part of a group of companies owned by a, a couple people or one guy out of St. Louis. But all these companies are, you know, they're, they're interrelated gaming companies. They're very successful. Um, I know they're going to Gray Fox, I believe is a game company. A guy that we know very well named Lance uh, Mixter. Um, he's the one who coordinated this and organized it. And they talked to us over about a year ago now. Um, but they're great. They're really nice. They're nicely done. Um, it's very. It's done very simply. So you can get the Rappanathic ones, standard fantasy ones. You get them both together, you get the Blue Dragon. Um, 
is really well done and really focused. And it, they're plastic injection molded. They're not um, sponge spin cast. They're not three um, printed. So it's good stuff. And I, I've seen a lot of the prototypes and a lot of that behind the scenes. Stuff. I know what the stretch goals are. They're really awesome. Um, we're real pleased with it. I'm, I'm proud to be working with them. And um, But yeah, not doing miniatures is a good idea. If you are a miniatures company, be a miniatures company. If you're yeah. in our OSR company, be that. But I, I trying to do all things for all people was, you asked Mike, uh, by the end of Whisper and Venom when I did all this, it was uh, it, it, very hard. Oh, <laughs> I can answer that question. That's, that's, oh, that's for me. it. Directed at you, yes. All right. Um, when I started, okay, let's go, let me answer the first, second part first. Yes, a lot of teeth grinding. Um, I had paid for a lot of it up front. I had done all the work that I could possibly do and pay for beforehand. But when I, I my, my actual goal, if I was changing what I had done, I would have set my actual uh, funding goal a little higher. Because had I not been lucky enough to fund it where I did, uh, my teeth grinding happened during the Kickstarter between $8,000 and $18,000. That was the big money hole part. <laughs> um, was I worried? At the time, I wasn't, which was probably stupid, but I was, uh, I really believed in what I was doing and I did it 24. You can ask Mike. He, Mike and I were friends then. I did it 24 7 for 18 months before I actually launched it. And uh, there's, uh, there wasn't anything I, I don't think there's an avenue I did not explore. And I did as much as I could. So I'm proud of it. I still probably whisper in Venom. Where we're we doing it for Frog God in a book this time. And so, uh, well, might be a box. We're, we're, that's some exciting stuff we have to um, announce it's gonna about be, It's going to be 5e, right? We're doing a 5e oh, yeah. version. Which yeah. Nice. Like, uh, do you know some dude named Edwin Nagy? Yeah, I've heard the guy. Uh, maybe, he was working yeah. on it today. Oh, don't, really? Don't call, nice. don't call him Ed. No, no, don't. Oh, my God. Edwin. Edwin only. Don't say no, Eddie that, either. That's great. That is great. Uh, well, including the additional rep, I, I think, or did I just miss them? Why weren't the black skeletons included? They might be a stretch goal. I don't know. They're they're on the list of ones we provided to them. They made the decision based on what they thought was the nicest looking miniatures from the batch we gave them, and I trust them. They they want to make the best stuff they can make for people to buy and use, and so I don't know why. So, so, so one thing that impressed me about Zach, he's talking about the early days doing Whisper Event. One thing that really impressed me was, so I met Doug and I'm not. I met uh, Zach at um, our fourth con, and we had. He bought some stuff for me. We communicated online. And um, you'd gone to GaryCon that year, right? You went to GaryCon first, and you came to our convention. Yep. I forgot to pick you up from the airport. That was a great, great yep. first meeting. You mm -hmm. had to get a taxi or I did. Home. I sat outside for in 108-degree heat for an hour and a half. But you made it to the con, and you were so excited by everything that went on around you and just so much had so much fun that you decided it was time for you to do your own thing. Well, what I liked about what you did was you did a lot of research. You asked a lot of people their opinion and you were, went into it without, with, with basically saying, I don't care if I make money. I want to put out the best box that I could possibly put out. And most people and not have, lose money. And most, most people don't have that. Uh, it's always happened. Um, that, that they can't do that. Most people are in this. You were very much set that you're just going to put out the kind of box that you like. You're going to have miniatures in it. It's going to be this, that you, you threw everything in with the kitchen sink in there. And that's not something that most people who are doing a first box set should even think about doing, but which, which you did not, not even close. No, I don't recommend um, it. Uh, no. Looking back though, the reason I did it 
was because I wanted to have the kind of, I want to make the kind of thing I wanted to buy. Unfortunately, what I wanted to buy was deluxe. <laughs> and uh, I knew that I wouldn't get to do it twice. I, I always figured that if I did one and it was just okay, that would be it. And I thought if I want to do this again, I want to make it, make an interesting kind of a big splash. And um, you can, your dungeon is suck. I still laugh because they, they referred to me as a, some guy you never heard of. Who's the only thing he's any good at is self-promotion, which, <laughs> which apparently was true. Which is true because you used to have these little minis of your, of your gnome guy. Yep. Um, and you would go to, you had like, I don't know, a hundred of them made, thousand of made. Everybody, everybody knew who you were because you, every convention you go to, you hand them a mini. You were handing top, like topus a business card. Minis. Mm -hmm. You had topus topus minis. Everybody got a topus mini. Everybody knew you were the Topus guy. You're the guy handing out Topus minis. That's how I met Noble Knight Games. Bought like 30 of my box sets. It was my biggest ever retail sale directly. They bought them because I handed Aaron Leader a mini. Really? He was impressed that that was my business card. But I would go yes. to GaryCon. I would staple little miniatures and bags to my business card and hand them out to anybody who would listen. Like I met Jim Wampler. I handed him one. Everybody I met, um, I handed one. And uh, it was just a matter of, that was the best greeting card I had. So uh, how much fan base did I have getting started? Like how big a little face? My wife wasn't my fan then. Um, she was like kind of indifferent. Um, even though I did, I, I, if you open up the Whispering Venom, the very first thing it says is, you know, uh, to my wife, I dedicated to her. But she wasn't a big believer yet. The fan base, I think I had fans, I had people who believed in what I was trying to do. I think I had people who really wished me well. Having no idea what I wrote, not having any idea the kind of writing I did. I'm real proud of the writing it. I spent a lot of time on it, but it was a big ask well, from somebody well, who never did anything. What you did, well, so one of the things you did, the first, so you had been out of the hobby for a long time, and you got back in. Yep. And the year that you went to um, uh, Gary Khan in North Texas, that was kind of your way back in the hobby. You went, you went to a ton of conventions over the next year or so. And yep. so you started meeting people and you started talking to people and you basically built a lot by word of mouth because you go and say like, oh, yeah, pretty soon I'm, I'm seeing you at all these conventions. You're at, you know, you're at here, you're there, you're, at, you're everywhere. And um, that's kind of how you got, I guess, your fan base is that people just got used to seeing you everywhere. No, and then like in North Texas, when it was actually live, I had banners and cocktail napkins and dice. And I mean, I, I spent a lot of money on promo stuff, partly because I liked it. I saw that as sunk costs. Because I wanted to have dice with the gnome's face on it. I wanted to have, I thought the banner was really funny, right? So I, those I thought were sunk costs and kind of fun. But um, one of the guys who was impressed by what I did was uh, Bill Webb. And so he backed my Kickstarter from my iPad at North Texas in 2015, 2014, 15, 14. Yeah. And uh, he got the box in the mail six months later, and he wrote me a nice note saying how nice it was. And then a year and a half later, I was, uh, worked at Frog God. So I am... I am probably the best example of somebody who worked their way into an actual industry job or actually make enough money to justify it like a salary. Um, I guess I earned it the hard way because it, it was a long time till that came, but it is not, they're more astronauts than they are paid RPG guys. And I'm lucky enough to be one. And so that's what got me there. I, I feel very grateful. I'm grateful to Bill Webb for recognizing that what he thought was, if not talent, at least moxie. <laughs> well, listen, I, I remember I got to know you because of your Kickstarter. Yeah, you know, I remember you writing about. I remember you writing about that. I had an update afterwards, and you wrote like, "I'm really glad I did this one." <laughs> so I was showing the miniatures. Uh, like within a month of ending it, the miniatures were showing up to my house. I was actually getting all the uh, 
it's important that I was getting the samples from the masters and not actually getting the production measures. <laughs> that was the only mistake uh, I made. The whole process was somebody who did the person who advised me on miniatures was a guy who did center stage mix. Ouch. And so as yeah. far as I knew, he knew all about it, but he uh, neglected to mention that there's a $3,000 expense between getting the actual miniature um, production uh, master versus right. making the rubberized production molds. Right. <laughs> and so I go and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to produce these miniatures, you know, valiant. Here's my list. Like, well, you haven't made the production molds yet. Mm. Wah, wah, right. Mm. Um, but it turns out it was about $3,000 difference. And I, I paid that. And the only thing that hit me pretty hard was uh, making a perfect bound book locally. Cause I was convinced that I was going to make the books in Arizona because I wanted to get a proof and see the proof and make sure. Cause right. I didn't know anything about making books. I'd never do that again. But at the time I did it, and um, that one up cost me about twelve hundred dollars more than I expected too. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I made about seven thousand dollars more than I had planned on in the Kickstarter. And then after the Kickstarter, I had sold some, and I had already some pre-buys. And I had a lot of people who were gracious enough to um, back me. I only had two hundred fifty people back me, maybe two thirty, but about twenty of them were really high level and okay. uh, on faith. And I'm really grateful because some of these guys I, I know now to this day. And the best part is I have people this day ask me for a Whisper and Venom box set. I don't have one. I have mine. And uh, my wife has one she hides from me because I used to I used to cannibalize them. When I was making parts of like a someone would be missing something like uh, a one miniature or a map. So I'd cannibalize my own set. So they were down to where it was only the box, right? My wife actually <laughs> hid one from me, so I wouldn't uh, do that. But uh, there aren't any. I couldn't get one if I wanted one. I, I think got, still, we, we there's got, still we, one here. We just saw one in the warehouse. Yeah, there's one. In the yeah, warehouse. I could steal that one, but I don't oh, think it'd be. Hey. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'll protect that. No, it's, it's worth a fortune now, man. I'm not gonna let it go. It's worth more than I expected. I've, oh, you look, Mike dropped. He went to go it's steal probably, the. He went to go steal it. It, it. Listen, I wouldn't be half surprised. No, I'm. I'm lucky. It actually wound up being a. Uh, it wound up being a. Uh, a surprising. Uh, resale value. Uh, Jeff Tulanian stuff does the same thing. I'm. I'm always shocked how much they go for when they go on on a, like a eBay. There's not very many of them. When they go, they go pretty high. The last one that did an auction was like 400 for just yeah. a regular set. Sorry, I got excited and I pushed the wrong button. That, that's never happened to me. That's never, never happened to me, right? Ne- never. We've never, never lost happens me. Like never happens to me. Always happens. Always happens. Always. Um, You've been consistently the- bad at technology since I met you in 2013. <laughs> I don't want to I never change, right? Never want to change. Never change, Mike. Never change. Um, so that that was Whisper and Venom. Um, what made you decide to go through that hell again and do Death and Taxes a couple of years later? I wasn't out of ideas yet. Um, I had a, what I thought was a very good idea, and I wanted to explore it. And it turned out to be a lot harder to do than Whisper and Venom because it wasn't as traditional. I really like it. And I worked on it with Edwin Nagy, who does our works at Frog God now with me. He came with me to Frog God. And, uh, it was pretty sophisticated. It had some darker themes. Um, and the themes were, I was a real big fan of never beating you down with any kind of theme, right? It was the adventure presented to you as you would have showed up to it, right? But uh, it, was, uh, it wasn't as successful because I think it was a harder sell. And after, right after that one came out is when I got hired at Frog God. So my ability to focus on that kind of just died. And it's too bad because I really, my contract with Frog God has all kinds of, Zach can still publish his own stuff. I haven't had 30 seconds to publish my own stuff. 
Um, but I'm now like one of the things I do with, with Frog Guys, I'm like the Swords of Wizardry box set. I was the guy who dealt with the Chinese company that did the boxing and the organizing. And I'm the one who's like, okay, I want the box to be this thick. And I want this kind of wrap. And I want this kind of glue. And I want this kind of this. And it's kind of all that stuff is what, what I did before has kind of prepared me for to where I am working now with the actual manufacturers. And so I have a very unglamorous job at Frog God. All these editors and writers and artists and Casey, like running all the artists, all these people who are all cool and have cool jobs. I'm the asshole in the background who tells them to do their jobs. That's not that fun. No. <laughs> it isn't the same. But uh, I feel very lucky. I'm lucky to do what I do. I'm lucky to have the people I work with. I work with a bunch of great guys and Mike. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> By the way, folks, um, killed. So uh, looking for a sponsor here. Uh, anybody wants to send me some whiskey? I, I don't even care about your whiskey company. Just send me a bottle of whiskey. Is that the, is that the, is the Barsh's whiskey they brought you? No, this is the bottle that Ben Barsh and Brian Stanley drank. There was a $60 bottle of whiskey that I happened to have in the warehouse. And when they came to visit um, Doug Saturday, they drank the whole freaking bottle. So thanks, guys. No, I saw you drinking that bottle yesterday. That's no, what are you talking about? No, I don't care. No, it's all gone. It's all gone. All gone. It's a lie. All gone. All gone. Barsh drank every bit of it. It's all gone. 30% of that's in that Diet Pepsi thing. It's in there right now. I saw it. Uh, what do you mean? I'm getting a little loopy. Um, I may have killed the bottle in my Diet Coke. So uh, be prepared. Yeah, there. see, Bill says, yes, they did. Bill Barsh is testifying against his own son. I'm allowing it. I'm allowing it. Testifying against his own son. Yeah, because Ben called me. Wrong, ben. Ben, texted me later. ben texted me later and said, hey, um, how much do I owe you for the bottle? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, oh, Brian Stanley, I did some damage to that the other day. You know, was like, you what? know what's funny? Is Bill Webb and Steve Getty oh. could could come up and have a bottle with you, but they would never write you after the fact and say, "What do I owe you for that bottle?" Only someone as nice as Ben would. Do I know, that. and yeah. so I went there and, and I looked, and, and sure enough, they had totally killed that bottle practically. I'm like, "What the hell?" But it was okay. It was all right. It was all right. But thank you, Bill, for recognizing that it. I was not responsible. That was uh, that was Ben and Brian. So uh, anybody can help me out here. If you're a whiskey company, give me a help call. a brother out, yo. Help a brother out. Give me, give me a call. Give me a call. Don't give him a call. No, give me a call. Like, so, nobody needs sponsorship less than he does. Hey, I don't make any. I don't make any money for this altru altruistic endeavor. Nothing. This is this is just to bring up. Your ego information is said. That's all you need. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I'm a narcissist. Ego is so, ego is as big as his shoe size, man. So so while you're here. Um, before we kick you off, because I because you're speaking truth, and I want to hear that. Um, <laughs> well, what, uh, what, what what projects we got coming up with? Uh, now there hasn't been a big Kickstarter in a while. Um, we have yeah, actually, there was. We just ended. It's called oh, Necropolis. Oh, the, uh, yeah, I, that's right. We had a uh, we had uh, Martin uh, or uh, Mark and a few other people on. So yeah, I forgot about that one. Okay, so yeah, except yeah, for that yeah, one that Gary Gygax yeah. originally except wrote, for, except for Gygax is a Necropolis. Yeah, made ninety thousand dollars. What that do we one? have in the future? What do we have in the future here? Let's talk about. Um, it. Let's talk well. Future. I hope nobody's listening. They'll get offended. Ready? Yes. There was an adventure that was awesome. That was hit at a time when there really wasn't a good Kickstarter. wasn't an, an alternative, and it was in ten parts, and it was great. It's called Splinters of Faith. Yes. But he had it was printed in ten different parts with the same cover. That was not given enough of. It wasn't given the kind of credit needed for the kind of quality it was. And uh, oh, look, the same cover. 
for yes. every part of Splinters of Faith. Well, that's oh. going to change. We're going to actually make a box set, we believe. I'm, I'm waiting on the last of the... Please say Slumber's Jar for Swords of Wizardry. Slumber's Jar for Swords of Wizardry. What do you want me to say it for? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the most asked question of any question ever. I'll talk about that in a second. I will. Um, but I'll tell you this is that uh, these uh, Splinters of Faith really deserve to have a whole like kit. So we think we're, I think, I think, I'm 90% sure we're going to make it a box set that's going to have um, a couple books, uh, uh, perfect bound. With a, a really cool, I can't say what it is yet because I'm going to get it, but a really cool extra made for tabletop use that you just can't. You haven't underwear. seen since Dark Sun. Underwear. No, no underwear. No. Uh, no one who plays this game has underwear. The author didn't have any. I'm not wearing um, any right now. So. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I am wearing underwear. I'm just not wearing pants. No, yeah. but, uh, no an, an extra that used to come like in Dark Sun boxes is really neat made for tabletop play. Some extra, some maps and some various other. Um, game-related things that you would find a box set because we think this one kind of deserved a box. We're, we're really pleased with how well the uh, the Swords of Wizardry box set went. So, let me address Slumbering Zara for Swords of Wizardry. We encourage you to go ahead and make that mm -hmm. conversion yes. because we don't have the ability to do that anymore. Random we people, just, we, please hit it. Hit no, it hard. We, we literally, we, we can't do it because uh, when Greg Vaughn decided that he was going to move to other things, um, he took the rights to that with him. Uh, they belong to him. We could do it. it. It would become really hard, and I don't know he didn't have time to concentrate on it. It wouldn't be fair to him to do it, have him sign off on it. It wouldn't give yeah. the right kind of flavor. So, unfortunately, uh, the only thing that we think about with Swords with the uh, Slumber Czar is we've considered doing the maps in PSD um, form so people can use them on VTTs. But even that, it's a hard stretch for us because it's a production expense that isn't cheap to do a good job with. And we have to focus and we have so many things we want to do that if there was a really good fan conversion of those, I think that you might see professional maps made by us. But that would have to happen that way. Unfortunately, we just don't have the ability to do so. We don't have random people just sitting around. Well, already working at it. When you get done with it, let me know. Yeah. Seriously, let me know. Because yeah, we we we've we've made this challenge many times over the years. We have yet to have somebody say, "Okay, here it is, did it, conversion done." So, um, we have yet to everybody say that because it's just it, it, people wear out. I, I know uh, my buddy Jason Zavoda did the first chapter, the first book, the first paperback book. Because before it came out, a big giant hardback, it was all these like it was 12 fourteen, fourteen or sixteen, books. sixteen. Yeah. He did the first one, and he gave up after that. He didn't want he didn't want to deal with it after that. Too much work. It was a lot of work. So he, he didn't want to do the other 13. So it, it's a tough one. And we don't have anybody just sitting around with nothing to do. That Oh, hey, uh, why don't you just. No, uh, we do. We have one guy sitting down with nothing to do all the time. Nobody. No, no, I yeah, know. no, I'm looking. It's not Eric. It's the other guy here. Oh, yeah, I don't exactly. Know that. Yeah, that's not me. I'm too busy. Um, I, I'm, convert, plus, I, I'm converting. What's sad is that I come to visit you. And I Actually, you are busier than you actually act like. What was my quote I used to always have? I'm, I'm too busy to have a job. Remember that one? Yeah. And now you have a job. And I'm still too busy. And I shouldn't have a job. I'm too busy for a job. Even so, your yeah. wife said you got busy. And that Once your wife actually agreed with you're too busy, that actually, there's a big change in your life. That scared you. You're like, it whoa. Did. He's really doing something. He's moving. He's so, convinced her he, he can, he's convinced her he's doing work. It was I go, amazing. I go to the warehouse every day, lock myself in here, and then take a nap. Yeah. Uh, then I, I saw that. For, there's, a big, there's a big pile of trash he sleeps mm -hmm. on. They're old Dragon magazines. And... Uh, <laughs> 
There's no ST ones. Oh. No, no. Oh no, the Dungeoneer number four. A lot oh, of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 50 star bases. Green. Come on. Fifty star bases makes up the bed. He's uh -huh. Oh, fifty star bases is a great pillow. Great pillow. You, 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 how many copies of that you still have? I still have probably 500, 400. Yeah. Yeah. But, how but you know sold? what? How many you sold? Oh, uh, over a thousand. Thousands. Yeah, yeah. over a thousand. Because yeah. at one point I was selling to Myth Horde. Myth Horde was buying 200 copies a month of all my Judge's Kill stuff. And as I much as I sold hooked, to them. I remember the guy who hooked you up with that deal. Speaking of Myth Horde, there's <laughs> news about Myth Horde. Yeah. Uh, we'll throw it out. Uh, for, I got what? A shipment notification from Mythord. What's that? Then I got something coming to me. I guess my next package is coming after a year. I had I had to, I had to search my Gmail, and wow, wow, my last shipment was last September. So it's twelve months later, and I'm like, I, Mike didn't tell me he unloaded a bunch of shit. So that's cool. I'm I'm glad you. Uh, I, I I hey, the Mythord guys were fun. Uh, yes. That's wild because. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of thought they'd given it up. I really did. Well, they sold originally, right? It was, it, a different... it was owned by one guy, and it was confusing as a guy with the same name bought it. Yeah. Um, and bought the, bought the rights to it, and he did some really good ones, too, and then it just kind of disappeared. I just well, kinda, it, it got during hard. COVID, during COVID, right. it disappeared. COVID was tough. No, he was very reliable. I mean, they both yeah. were actually really enthusiastic. And the, the second guy who owned it was much more reliable. I mean, he, yeah. right. but I yeah, remember that. They asked me, do you know anybody who could contribute? Like, do you care if it's new old stock? You know, that'd be great. I'm like, I know a guy. I know let a me, guy. Let me introduce you to a guy who has more new old stock than you could possibly imagine. This guy. And I, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I have thanked you for that for years because I actually made a lot of money off that. Even selling Judges Guild stuff um, in, in, a, in a, uh, a, lot, a huge lot at like 50 cents a piece. I was selling like 200, 200, 300 at a time. It was great. And everybody that got the first two years of Myth Horde got a really classic Judges Guild item in there. Because I, I think I want to say I was in the first 20-something uh, uh, volumes of Myth Horde. Uh, giving away uh, – or not giving away, but uh, – You were giving stuff where you don't have anymore. No, anyway. No, some of that stuff's not – I don't have some of that stuff anymore, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to read this. Wait, I heard Zach crashes the warehouse. This is true. Lies. Not this lies. time. No, it's lies. But mostly. no, it's true. Actually, I would sleep in the room behind me here on a mattress – and uh, it, it would be get really dark and really hot and lonely and like nothing to do because he would not show up for hours. <laughs> He'd say, I'll be there in the morning at 11. Okay, here's the deal. There is internet here. There is. Not then. Not then. You lie your sack of oh, shit. There you is a, a, there's shit. a bathroom there's no here. <laughs> there's a refrigerator. There is a microwave. There is a warehouse full of gaming stuff and comic books. You could never get bored here. Ever. Well. One time I got dropped off by an Uber driver because Mike had oh, to go to a Halloween cut party. Was, we sent me a great. picture of him and two young girls. He's dressed like Satan with two young girls next to him. And great. then he goes, just go to the warehouse and let yourself in. I'll leave a key outside. How'd that well, work the out? key was very hard to find oh, because he lied to me where it was. I didn't lie. You just misunderstood. No, no. I had it on the phone. He had, I had it on a oh. message. <laughs> said, go to this and look under the chair. It was not under the chair. It was in the cushion. And not the under the cushion, but in it. And it was like, so Very I good, spent 30 minutes in the dark looking for this place. key. Very good hiding place. You have to I was waiting to get arrested outside. 
Here's wandering around digging through a random. When my Nigerian for... cab driver dropped me off and then ran away as fast as he could, saying, "Is this really where you want to go?" There was like then, nothing there. He has no. It's a warehouse district. There's nothing else there. No lights on. It's dark. He probably thought he was gonna. That was it. That was his last day of Ubering on Earth. You're gonna kill me now. I know it. So it wasn't as fun up. as one would think. No. But then you probably got in here and you looked at all this gaming stuff. You're like, oh, this is awesome. And you start reading. So, I mean, yeah, because I see, all the, you can't I see when he paid for all the stuff he was sold to me. Oh, that's not good. You're bad, huh? A magician should never show his secrets. No, that's bad. You're not a magician. You're, you're, you're a swindler. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make a problem. I know, right? Let me tell my story. Because I one day bought a bunch of Japanese stuff and they're like 50 bucks each. The next day, they had a one little. They had a marker. It changed from fifty to one fifty. It was like, and there's no event. I just came back to the warehouse next yeah, day. Yeah, there was an event. The event was I finally looked it up on eBay and saw what the prices were and go, holy shit! But I, it was I sold those hours. He wouldn't even sell me at that price. He was my friend. It sounds to me like you should have bought all of them the first time. That's what it sounds like to me. And you would have had problems. I'm right. See, you can't have nothing to say because you know I'm right. You should have bought them all right then. Why would I trust you? Exactly. Why would you trust me? Exactly. <laughs> you should have bought them all the first time you were there. But yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, Getty bought them all this year. So, uh, you know, you, you made it a point of principle never to buy them. Guess what? Getty paid it. So. And this is a valuable comment right here. A bunch of Japanese stuff can be interpreted very broadly. If you know me, unfortunately, it can be interpreted in the most nerd way possible. It was Japanese Japanese TSR conversion releases. Uh, yes. Um, I've like seen the purchases. AJ1 through AJ16. It was no manga or nothing interesting. It was just that. But I guess if I go into Mike's Japanese collection, I might get nervous. You're right. It's a good point. Uh, no tentacles. Sorry. No, no tentacle borns. No. Maybe a little hentai. You know, that's probably better. No. It, it was actually, it was, I, I love that. Foreign stuff's my absolute favorite, right? But it was the, uh, it, it was the least hentai of anything you ever bought that had Japanese. <laughs> so... <laughs> Not like my own personal collection. That's not, not like your own personal collection. Right. Well, I have a bunch of stuff that uh, my, my parents bought me thanks to Bill Meinhart, Bill Webb, and Rick Mines. They got oh, me dear. a birthday gift. It was like I went, sat in a restaurant, like, got a gift for you. I'm like, oh, great. What do you got me? Socks. I mean, what are they going to buy me? Right. I mean, I have nobody can buy you to buy me gifts. Yeah. I opened a gift up, and it's a copy of Hawk Moon in Japanese, first edition. Whoa. Like, Whoa. Hey, what's that? Open oh, next one. The Call of Cthulhu Companion. Never printed in the U.S. in Japanese. In shrink. What? Right? Yeah, I got like six or eight box sets from my parents. Holy crap. And so that was like, so there wasn't any hentai there either. So when my parents gave me Japanese yeah. stuff, I want to be very clear. It was Call of Cthulhu stuff. So there's tentacles in those. To be fair, there are tentacles there, but they aren't the one you think of. I got some yeah. Japanese stuff, but it, they were all over 21. Um, that's all I can say. It looks like uh, we have found Joe, or Joe has found us. Well, you usually want to pop on? I can pop off if he wants to pop on. I think you should do that. That, that makes sense. We could spend yeah. an hour with Joe. What do you think? Yeah, sure. I think we can. Hold on a second. Oh, wait. See if you get, see if you can get him on here. Yep. Hold on. Look at that. Oh. Hey. Oh. Goodbye, Zach. I had six. That's I've all right. I had signal trouble here all day, and I've been working out all day. And I we booted, we booted Zach. He, he was worthless. He was. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he was nearby, so he was a good emergency call. He kept your seat warm. Uh, that's a, that's okay. We're ready for you. We got you. Well, thank you, Zach. Right. Yeah, bye, Zach. Get out of here. Hold on. That, that means I must uh, deal with the devil, Zach. Of course. Now I gotta I gotta change the uh, the banner back because oh, yes. we actually have our guest. It's not. Uh-huh. It's gotta not be confusing here. Well, it's always gonna be confusing. Come on, it's us. But well, Joe, welcome. Yeah. I gotta say, I, and then part of that was was, was my fault. We're New York City, we are dealing with uh, the remains of Ida. And uh, I was being told uh, three to five inches of rain uh, this evening and uh, and tornado warnings. So I was nice. like, yeah, it was uh, secure shit in the backyard and then prepare to sweep out the basement for water. But now we got a lot of wind, but I don't think we're getting as much rain as they thought. So I might survive this without regretting my, regretting my night. Well, if we see the roof fly off, we'll know what happened. You'll be, you'll, hey, be listen, if, you'll be remembered, man. We'll remember you. Yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, if you see me just suddenly run away and you're like, why is Tank Car running away in his boxers? You'll realize that the uh, <laughs> we have a little bit more than just rain and wind going on. If the weather's that bad, you might throw something on over your boxers. No, 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 I, no I'm just going, man. I'm, I'm, please. All right, man. It's, that's that's for you, brother. Yeah, listen, you gotta you, you, you gotta keep it real, dude. You gotta keep it real. So, Joe, uh, you got a Kickstarter up on um, uh, right up now. Uh, yeah. This is your your own campaign world. Um, Eric's gonna probably post it up here. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I gotta get my link over. Give me a second, gentlemen. I'm not I'm, I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm trying. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the Kickstarter, uh, where it came from, and just you know any information you you'd like to share. There about the world of derming came from uh, about 20 years of home play. This was not something that we just decided to sit down and go, oh, hey, let's just design a campaign saying on a whim. This is the world we've played in for the last 20 years. Now, I'm already going to throw this out there. You already have a prototype of the box. Which- I, have, I have the box. I have the maps. I have intro adventure. The whole nine yards. Basically. So this isn't so this isn't a Kickstarter where it's like uh, pledge and pray. This is no. actually all right. No, this is this is done. I mean, I've got. <laughs> let's see, there, the world map is massively huge. I mean, oh geez, thirty-six by wow. twenty-four world map. I, I wasn't playing around. I wanted to get you know go big or go home. So I went big. Nice. And then the four maps of the continents are slightly smaller, but all have uh, pre-printed hexes on them for measuring distance. So I even took that into account. And we had the books are, I'm going through the final editing process on the two books that come in it besides the adventure. And getting those ready to send off to the printer so I can have my proof copies. So basically all the Kickstarter is, is gain it done. You know, get, make sure we can order the copies to get to people, have some in stock for our shop. When we go to conventions, we'll have it on sale. That's it. We're not, this isn't a, 
hope and pray, you know, yeah, back it and we might get it to you in five years. No, this is, you'll have it. If you're in the U.S., if you're in North America, Mm. you will have it before the holiday season. And it's interesting that we had Zach on because Zach, his claim to fame was Whisper and Venom. A box set setting, he had come into it with really uh, no real name in the hobby and with somebody who was like, you know, I'm going to get a box set out there. I'm going to do maps. He threw in miniatures, which God bless him, was probably the insane way to go about it. But um, it's yeah, not I as easy. I almost process. did that too. <laughs> it pr- probably the wisest thing that you did was, was not throw in the miniatures. I've seen minis, whether it's a stretch goal or as another level of the Kickstarter, just be a horror. Because it's just one more variable that you can't control. You know, it's not a process. Like you're writing, you're editing, you can control that. And uh, minis and and the cost is something that is totally out of left field. Uh-huh. Well, well, the biggest issue, the biggest issue I've had in the last week is we we did Facebook ad, and some people took it entirely the wrong way. Uh, I got a lot of blast back, especially from people in Canada who got really upset. And I, I'm still struggling to understand why, because I said the products made in the USA. I'm not saying that as some glorified patriotic thing here. I'm saying right. it for the Kickstarter backers, we're based in the USA. We're making it in the USA, so it's not a supply delay. We're not going to be waiting right. for books to come from China or wherever we have them. They're going to be printed here. I will have all the books and maps and boxes in my hands within 10 days of ordering them. So as soon as click Kickstarter clears the funds, I'm ordering them. And I'll have them 10 days later. I'll be shipping them out by two weeks after Kickstarter clears the funds. And we've seen that with COVID. We've seen what COVID has done to a lot of companies when it comes to shipping. I I guess the combination of COVID and the Suez Canal incident with the the one uh, tanker that got that snagged the uh, Suez Canal and blocked it up for a week. I mean, it's. As a world, it, we are very dependent upon not not air freight. This stuff doesn't move by air because it's too expensive. Everything moves by sea. And, yeah. you know, whether it's the dock workers in China not at work because of COVID or ones here, it all – and once you start that delay, you're right. So, so you got pushed back because you were saying it was made in the USA. You were trying to say it's made in the USA. So – the delay should be minimal, and people were saying that they thought, it was, they thought it was a patriotic thing, or I was bringing politics into mm. it by saying that, but also saying that we're an inclusive company. All we mean by those two things is one, we're going to make it in the US so we can fulfill it fast. We don't want it to screw around. And two, inclusive means we invite anybody to our table. We don't care. We don't care where your politics lie. If you want to play with us, cool, because that's all we want to do. That's it. That's all. That's all it means. It's nothing bad or anything. It's, our politics don't matter. Right. They really don't. They they don't. We just want a game, and we want people to have fun playing the games we make. I did Valor Palace of the Disco Emperor. I mean that. Nobody really knew who I was before that happened, and I still to this day, every time I talk to Luke Gygax, I thank him for going. Hey, I want to see this at GaryCon. And I thank the other 59 people in the comments ahead of me that did say I'll do it because that's really what broke me. 
So, so you did some modules for Gary Con, right? That's kind of where you got your start. Uh, I well, I didn't do. They're not officially for Gary Con, but what happened was Gary Con Eleven. Uh, about seven, nine months before Luke Gygax proposed, it was that meme. Uh, the Lord Palace of Disco Emperor. He had three guys. It looked like a uh, yep. old sewing. Uh, like some kind of cat- catalog model type. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he wanted to see that module done for GaryCon Eleven, and I'm reading through the comments, and nobody's saying they're going to do it. And I was like, I volunteer. Sure, challenge accepted. And I did it. Thank you. And uh, it uh, it booked every session booked. I had people asking for it, you know, when it was going to be on sale. And uh, we had no intent to sell it at the time. Yeah. I printed up copies for Gygaxes and a few other people. And that's it. And I was like, okay, well, let's try this experiment because we've been trying to publish fifth edition stuff and it wasn't doing well. You know, tiny fish, very big pond on DMs Guild. You, you put your stuff up, it's gone in like three hours. It's not even in the new releases anymore. I was like, let's put out a fifth edition adventure and first edition adventure at the same time, see what happens. Let's put out both of them and Valor Palace outsold everything we had done to that point combined wow. in a few weeks. I was like, well, I guess we're sticking with OSR. Thank you. Now I'm happy. Now I get what I want. I don't have to convert anything to fifth edition. I'm happy. So it just went from there. Floor Palace, well, Luke wanted to do a sequel. And he's like, hey, I want in on a sequel. And I'm like, okay. And we did Grover the Disco Duck. And then <laughs> this last year, I finished it up as a trilogy with Disco Demolition. So now I'm working on my next Gary Con adventure, which I can't really give away much on, but there is no disco. Moving away from disco, yes. There's no, there's no more disco. And, Disco's dead, man. Disco's dead. And the worst part of that is I'm a big fan of the Foo Fighters. <laughs> and they just released a disco album under the name DGs. Oh, how funny. I thought I could get away from disco, and here come the Foo Fighters. I'm seeing with my guitar going, I've learned every Foo Fighters song, and now i got to learn all these disco songs. <laughs> Man. I, I had an NPC when we gained back in the 70s. Uh, his name was the Disco Mind Flare. And he came about because I had one of the old Grenadier figures. Probably still have it in the back of my box. And he was painted by a kid who painted all these bright, crazy colors all over his. It didn't look like my. It looked didn't look like anything a mind flare would ever wear. And I put him on the table one day to, to show a disc. And my brother jokingly said, "Oh, look, it's a disco mind flare." So I thought, "Okay, I'm going to roll with it." So we had an NPC called the Disco Mind Flare, and um, he was extremely annoying. <laughs> and uh, at a certain point, the characters were. Whatever it takes to kill this mind flare, we're going to kill him. Because um, whenever he'd come in the room, I would play disco music. I turn and they go, oh, no, the disco mind flare, not the disco mind flare. So the it's funny because, I mean, disco and D&D are, are, are linked, right? Because, I mean, that's when yeah. D&D was big, the 70s. Uh, disco was big, 76, 79. So kind of, you know, kind of linked in the times uh, they both came out. They're both, you have the disco, disco music and then you have, uh, you know, D&D. Yeah, and you know that was it was great. I mean, I went and I put in the adventure the disc 
the disco ball that's in Vlor Palace is a beholder. <laughs> disco is not dead. Disco is silver like, beholder. Okay, it's it's really weird. Um, but yeah, uh, so all that happened, and we decided we wanted to release our campaign setting that we've been playing in because everybody's enjoyed our adventures so far. I haven't had anyone say to me at a con or through messages to the company that they didn't like our products for first edition. They, everybody liked it. So I was like, why don't we give them what we've been doing, which is a campaign setting that it feels very familiar to you. Like you'll see elements of past settings that'll remind you of past settings in it, but at the same time, there's differences. Like nobody expects swaths of land that are irradiated wastelands in a fantasy campaign, but there they are in ours. Just because um, that was so interesting. I, I'm going to ask you a question, and uh, Eric and I talked about this a little bit. I, I don't... I, I mean, it's, it, I have to say, I'm looking at the Kickstarter, and I have to say, looking at it, and knowing what Eric and I know about Kickstarters, it seems there's a really good chance this is not going to fund because you're going to have to make about eight thousand dollars in twelve days, which is tough. Yeah. I mean, that's the tough it, it can be. It can be done. Can be done. But, but, but you, it's it, a tough part. One. Of, part of well, part of the issue is, and again, funding is limited. I know you put money into a Facebook ad, which I, you know, it, what's strange about the current environment is I'm not people doing that, read, man. yeah. People read so much into stuff that isn't there. Um, I mean, listen, you're, you call yourself your company inclusive because you accept everybody. Uh, I, I have been told that being uh, politically neutral means that uh, I, I am signaling, virtue signaling, <laughs> uh, by being politically neutral and, and saying, basically what you're saying, that whatever, I don't care if you're left, right, up, down, black, white, we're all gamers. We should all be enjoying exactly. the, the process of gaming. But by saying that, I, you know, I'm looking at everything as as a neutral ground. Uh, I'm signaling. So people read into what they want to read into, with their own prejudices and their 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 own experiences or or, or lack thereof. So you you got hit with that one. I I'm very surprised that you. Well, I shouldn't say that. I am. Surprised and not surprised by the reaction that you got, because I would not have reacted that way. I would have been like, as Mike probably, oh yeah, made in the USA means you've cut you've cut out the middleman on sure. having the yeah. exactly ship from China. Yeah, you know because, because I, I talk about that a that's lot. Is our, that, right, right, because yeah. China shipping's tough because uh, with COVID. We had a big problem. Uh, I know Frog God had some issues because it was late no. because everything from China was late and. Uh, ironically, those guys who were shipping from the United States had United States printers got all their stuff out because that they didn't have to wait on boats. Uh, the, the proverbial slow boat from China, you know. So uh, exactly. yeah, no, I, I didn't think anything of it with that. I, I thought, yeah, I mean, you know, you're just getting stuff printed in the United States, which is something we do with our Indiegogos. Our Indiegogos are all printed in in country. Um, unfortunately, the bigger books to afford them, we end up we end up doing those in China. But um, 
yeah, I mean, it, it's a volatile market right now with COVID. You don't know if stuff's going to shut down. You don't know if they're, you know, they're going to be able to ship on time. Um, in the case of uh, last year, 2020, everything was delayed a month, which is a domino effect. I mean, once you start delaying yeah. it, it starts going down the line. And, and we, uh, we were very late on our delivery of Kickstarters. They were done. They were just on a boat that was stuck, you know, somewhere yeah. in, uh, in China somewhere. So, And that's, and that's another thing is I've gotten some bad feedback from Australia, from the UK, and I'm seeing her going – if you look at our Kickstarter and you scroll down, you look at our sh our estimated shipping rates. We're looking at taking a loss shipping overseas. We I, I noticed it. that most of the time we, you are. We going don't. To we do don't. We don't want it to go over fifteen dollars U.S. to ship anywhere, and we're gonna lock it at that. If it's gonna cost us more, ship it to you than that. Yeah. So be it. We take a hit on it. But you know what? You're still gonna get it. I, I don't. I didn't want to cut out worldwide. I know there's right. big OSR following in Australia. I know there's a large one in the UK and in Europe and in South America. I don't want to cut anyone out. I want everybody to get a chance because I felt bad with people that want to buy our product before from our website, just our adventures. And it was going to cost three times the cost of the adventure to ship it to them in Italy. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm giving you, yeah. you're buying one adventure. I'm giving you three because it's not fair that you're paying that much. I'm going to give you a couple more adventures here and have that because you shouldn't be paying $60 in shipping for a $20 adventure. Sure. Well, well um, since I, I'm that I don't ever like paying insane amounts more in shipping than I paid for something. I don't think anybody else should have to either. I don't think anybody should have to from us. That's part of Kickstarter's. I feel well, so, but I mean, lo looking at it realistically, you have to you have to say there's probably a realistic chance you're not going to fund. So, what are your chances? Um, now, I, I, I'm a good friends with Ben Burns. We've had Ben Burns on the show before. Uh, he's done a lot of Kickstarters. He's done some Call of Cthulhu. He's done some Top Secret. He's done some D and D. He's done some games. Um, he's had to relaunch on a couple of the Kickstarters, but for one reason or another, it was either the wrong time. Uh, he had a board game one time that it turned out. He was asking a little too much. It turned out, so he had to, he lowered his uh, his uh, target goal. Um, if you have to relaunch, which is not like I said, people do it all the time. Mm -hmm. I know Ben's done it twice, both times. Uh, his relaunch was successful. He was able to um, to fund on relaunch. Um, is there anything you could think he would change, or anything that uh, you like to do differently the second time around to you know maybe garner a little more interest? Well, I never did get around to shooting a video. For it with a full completed box set mm. um so i think what i'm going to do if if we do have to relaunch which i do feel we will because it, like i said it's at 18 percent back it, right. it's a long even with 59 people that are watching it even if they all back it sure at, at the top tier or the top tier that isn't limited even if they all back it there we're still going to be short I have somebody else who's offering to help and kick in another like 1200, 1100 on top of what they've already pledged to, you know, try to boost it. But we're still going to be like uh, 1500 yeah. short. And I'm like, I yeah, can't. Well, Eric, Eric and I talk about this all the time. The only thing worse than your, than your, um, Kickstarter not funding is barely funded. You don't want to just barely right. fund because then you're, right. you know, if you end up with $10,100, well, you're not going to make any money. That sucks because you, no. you know it sounds to me you, you've got a pretty good beat on what, how much money you needed 
So, you, yeah, you don't want to just barely fund any more than you do want to fail, but sometimes failing is better than barely funding. I would rather fail and oh, sure. get yeah. it out. And, you know, there's so much more that we want to do with this. I, mm -hmm. At one point, like it was mentioned, uh, miniatures, I did want to do miniatures at one time, and I did talk to, I will not name names, but I did talk to someone that is in the miniatures community who makes metal miniatures. And we talked briefly about it, but there really wasn't time to work on it. And also there was no guarantee on supply for the metals. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's, again, COVID. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's just right now I'm waiting on a Kickstarter from a company here <laughs> in the same city I live in. I'm waiting for a Kickstarter that was backed last year by them. And I should be getting it. I think now finally next month, I think they said it finally gets me because the supply chain for their metal was backed up that bad. So, okay. Uh, we're discussing a dice deal with studio 66 for next year's okay. cons. So I was thinking, okay, we'll probably add in dice to the box set. If I relaunch, I'd like to have all of the stretch goals physically being able to be shown when we relaunch, not just, well, this is what the stretch goal is. Sure. So yeah. you think theoretically, okay, this might happen. No, I want to be able to show a physical copy. Like my goal and what helped a lot with our launch, when we launched it at PhoenixCon, a lot of what helped was the people that backed it at PhoenixCon got to see it in person. I had right. a box seen there. I had the map seen there. I had a few chapters printed out out of the book that already been edited around the two books. And I had the first level adventure sitting there. I think that's really important, Joe. Uh, yeah, I think I've, and that those sound like all really good ideas to help when I relaunch. I, I was just checking Ben Burns, and sure enough, he did have two canceled Kickstarters that later on funded. So yes, it, it, it can be done. And I I think you're you're real. I think you're you know what's going on. I think I think you're with it, and you understand that there's probably some things you need to do differently next time. And I think that will definitely help. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, because you learn. I mean, you learn something everything you do, right? I mean, every every time you have a project, you learn something uh, that you use in the next project, or you know, you and even projects that fail help you because then they then you're like, okay, well, here's what I won't do next time, or here's what I do. I mean, Frog God has that kind of thing all the time. You know, we'll be, we'll be like, well, we put this out and it did really well, but I think we could have done better here, here, here. You never put out the the perfect product, but you can always put out a better product. And there's always something you could have done to make it just a little tiny bit better. I, I don't think Frog God's ever had maybe one or two Kickstarters where we said, you know what, that did way better than we could ever have imagined. And, and we just, that was amazing. Uh, most of the time it's like, you know, we did 90,000. I think we could have done 100, you know, if we'd done this, this or this. So, um, you know, uh, hey, you know, we're um, we're in your court, man. <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of or you know no, no. upset about i mean it's just something that happens and right. and we're, we definitely wish you luck and you know if you decide to launch us again definitely talk to us we'd love to have you back oh, on yeah, talk about well it. It, it, as you can see from the screen i'm a backer i'm in for i'm in for i'm in for a hundred but now the idea with the dice by the way um something that a lot of smaller publishers kickstarters have done and i know this because i as mike would tell you i've gone to numerous cons if they get those D6s made with the logo or something that speaks about your con, yes, and you give them out, that's, and that's people will remember that. And that becomes, hey, when I was at GaryCon, I got, who gave me this dice? 
oh, that's right. That was the world of Dermot. Uh, you know, and it just sparks it. I, I love my, my, I call them my collectible dice. I've got a number of them. And I, I love them. I mean, these are these are great dice because they all have a memory of a convention where you got them. Except yeah. for my uh, Swords of Wizardry dice, where I've, I, I, I've gathered this, 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 this spare dice that have been broken and you know, broke out of their cases and were roaming around in the boxes that we were moving stuff in. I'm like, oh, hey, I'll get a few more D6s. Well, <laughs> you know? You're definitely right on that, though, Eric, because that's like my fat dragon dice. Uh, I know where Tom. I know where Tom gave me that. Tom gave me my fat dragon die at Origins the year that I had tabled Origins. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't have anything to give him back. Um, I'm going to give him a copy of Valor Palace because I don't have anything else. I didn't have dice. We, we didn't have anything for right. me. But yeah, that is the plans. We're going to. Uh, I've talked with Cosmo briefly, and I got to send him the designs, um, so we can get. Them made up but the plan is we want to take them to ice and dice and gary con next year so those are the first two cons we're doing and just give them out and then also if we do a relaunch i'm hoping to do it at gary con because it was successful with you know the, the initial boost start right at the beginning it was right. really good i felt i mean i've seen kickstarters get backed a lot faster than a boost start was but a majority of our backers did meet us at Phoenix Con, did see the product. The, the, the rule of thumb is you want to get one third of your money with the first couple of days, uh, one third along the way, and another third the last two or three days. That's yeah. usually the. And usually, if you don't get a third by a week, that's never good news for a Kickstarter. Um, no, no. Yeah. I, I resigned myself. Uh, once we hit the halfway point, I was like, this is not happening. I'm at 25% and we're halfway, you know, it's, if it happens, great. Thank you all. Thank you all who still believed in us. If it doesn't do it, we will be back with it in March. But, you know, I, I, I knew because the same before there was a Kickstarter launch by a friend of mine called Alcohol Alchemy, which is still going. And we took him to Phoenix Con with us and he got... I'd say at least 60% of his backing from that con. But then he, yeah. gave, he gave away free booze. <laughs> oh, well, you would have so, had my very moment. I'd have been like, yeah, there you go. But, well, honestly, yeah. honestly, though, oh, honestly, though his, yeah. his is like 225% back down. He's still got wow. – he did a 60-day Kickstarter. Sometimes you never know why people – I mean, seriously – you just never know why sometimes it's sometimes it's just the wrong time. It's the wrong place. Like you said, uh, we just had Zach Glazer on the show and he was telling us his first kick, Kickstarter. One of the things he did was uh, we were just talking about those little uh, Topus uh, no minis he had. He had a thousand of those made up and he went to probably six conventions that year. At every convention, he handed out those minis to everybody. So by the time his yep. Kickstarter launched, Everybody knew who he was. They all knew what was going on because you get a free mini, like, oh, this cool little mini. And so you start talking about the Kickstarter, like, yeah, this is a Kickstarter I'm going to be launching later this year, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes all it takes is just something that little or free booze, free booze to do it too. And then you could get just people. And it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. Once you start funding, yeah. it starts, you know, snowballing at that point. And, and everybody's like, yeah. And we, we tried to do that at Phoenix Con. Um, people at back at Phoenix Con all got adventure that was just given out to them that was just for that that's listed as a stretch goal in the uh 
box on the Kickstarter, but they got one that was serial numbered, one in 25, which actually now, because I have a bunch of them here and <laughs> there's only like 24 backers, I'm going to get a hold of all the backers when it's done and go, hey, if you didn't get one of these at Phoenix Con, give me your address. I'm going to send you one because I've got these all seen here and they're all stamped on the front of them. Phoenix Con, serial number 25. I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these. So I'll just send them to the people. Well, they're they're a good they're a good promo. I mean, that's a good way to yeah. promo your your stuff. I mean, definitely, that's the kind of stuff people love to see. You know, and I, I definitely pay attention to people when they hand me a module or a, or a miniature or a dice. Yeah, you like you said, you you get home, you throw it on your desk, and then you see it every day for two weeks. Like, oh, there's that dice or whatever. Then, oh, the Kickstarter launch. Okay, well, great. Um, so yeah, that, that stuff you could definitely use that stuff. That that's yeah. stuff that could definitely be used. And, and even a Kickstarter fails to fund gives you a list of backers. You mm -hmm. got people that you can communicate with, and and say, hey, listen, you know we you know we uh, you know we canceled two days before the end because it wasn't going to fund. But you know you will be the first notified when we relaunch around uh, Gary Con, and that yeah. way you know people know what's happening. Anytime that you are building up a list of backers, again, whether or not you want to get money for them or not, they're people that you've now added to the community that is your potential customers. And that's something that you, you, you can't see that. I mean, I've, I've been building a, a community for well over a dozen years. It, it ain't easy to get to that. And even with, when, with I, my releases on drive-thru, those first couple of days, everybody's out there, and then after that, stuff slows down. Like I'll probably never do a Kickstarter because I am too much of a, a, a critical critiquer of Kickstarters <laughs> to to be somebody who will put myself in in that same same shine of light. But I, I certainly respect those that do because it, it takes a leap of faith, and it you've does. got that faith in your work. It showed to me. I mean, I. I Listen, I, I I don't back every Kickstarter that I post about because if I did, my wife would kill me because I have <laughs> there'd, be, there'd be no money. I'm already a super backer. I'm gonna look over my shoulder and just make sure that Rachel's not sitting in her chair. No, she's not. Okay, good. I I've backed nearly 500 Kickstarters. Jeez. All, all in the time I've been married oh. to to my lovely wife, and uh, she hasn't killed me yet. And uh. She might not know how many, Eric. Man, I, got, I got I got dagger eyes from my wife who who's part of the company. She games <laughs> I got dagger eyes when she saw me open up Kickstarter at the con and she saw I had back twenty two projects. And she's like, You back twenty <laughs> two? I'm like, You didn't know uh, they've all come. And she's like, Oh, they have? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, some of them, you know, were digital products. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Yep. I mean, you didn't see a physical product because I got a ton of STL files. <laughs> well, I, I just did a thing, Joseph. I, I forgot that so many projects that are digital. I backed all these projects. And I started thinking the other day, I, I talked to Courtney Campbell and said, you know, I never got your project. He said, did you fill out all the backer kit? I'm like, hmm. back backer kit? And he's like, yes, backer kit. So I go there. I had like 19 projects I'd never fill out the backer kit for. And so I'm, I had digital files. I had POD files. I mean, oh, my God. It was like Christmas in July. I mean, or Christmas in August, actually, because oh, I had cool. to fill out all that stuff. I was getting all – I just forgot. I played forgot now because I was so used to the old way it was done was the Kickstarter was over. 
they mailed it to you, and that's the way it was. But no, nowadays it, with people using backer kit stuff, you have to fill out some stuff. Yeah, you got you got you've got to work for it. You got to do a little something. And I was just being gr- uh, dumb old man. Um, and um, didn't do I'm it. the same way, Mike. I'm the same way. By the way, just out of curiosity, I just checked. I have one active project back that is yours. I have twenty two unsuccessfully back projects, canceled and or unfunded. And 488 successfully backed. Wow. Kickstarters. That's ridiculous. That's I have, ridiculous. I know my numbers are 22 backed successfully, zero unsuccessful. Oh, oh. and Bike just, uh, Bob I, just, I, just I, so- I, pick, I pick and choose what I'm going to do and zero cancel. I, I, I pick and choose what I'm going to back. And apparently I have this string going where everything I've backed. Most backed, and I'm like, well, that's great. I wish I could back my own, then yeah. because that would be great. I have but, a lot. I don't know how many I have. I, I can't log in. I don't you know, know. you don't want to know, Mike. Trust no, me. it's a lot. It's, a, it's yeah. quite a bit. Most of my unsuccessfully, of my 22 that were unsuccessful, at least, at Memorial, least half dozen. Does Memorial Tomb count? That's actually we that's successful. successful. Yeah, I mean, we just haven't got the physical product yet, but we got a DV, our PDF, and eventually we'll get the physical product from from Troll Lord. So that that's probably the last one I have. The oldest one I have that hasn't funded was Memorial Thank you. Memorial Tomb. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Five hundred Kickstarter sounds like a police pension put to good oh, use. Yes. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, that, that's can, our that's our city's money. That's New York City's money at work, there, fans. Uh, thank you. Thanks, New York City. Uh, funding Eric's Kickstarter Jones. <laughs> uh, where the child guy is tracking? Oh my God! So the tornado in New York City is being tracked uh, street by street. I'm I'm I'm, af- I'm afraid to even ask. Uh, just give me a county. <laughs> you start hearing a freight train. Which, which borough? You need to get in the. You need to get in the yeah, base. give me. Yeah, which, which, which are the five boroughs? Because uh, you know. It matters. Yeah, that, that it, really it, it could be Staten. If it's Staten, Italy, I, 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 I really couldn't care because <laughs> it, it's basically New Jersey. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this is true. It, I used, I used to live on the East Coast. This is true. Yeah. So when when I was a cop, we used to refer to uh, the, the NYPD, right, Staten Island. But we used to call our officers in Staten Island the Richmond County Sheriff's Department. Because mm-hmm. it was a it was a department unto themselves. It really was. Morning, South Central Westchester County, Bronx, uh, the- and Manhattan. Really? Yeah. I remember uh, located over Harlem. Oh, nice! Oh, that's, well, I mean, that, is, that doesn't happen very often. You don't no, have, uh, no, yeah. we actually had a uh, wind shit. They said it wasn't uh, or tornado. This is about ten years ago. Uh, they said it wasn't or tornado, but you could see the path of destruction of ripping out trees and this one cemetery. And along the cemetery, just huge hundred-year-old trees ripped out of the ground. Jeez. Um, and then in a, in a, a Jubilee Park, it's a fairly large park. I have pictures on my on my cell phone still of a tree. It wasn't a big tree. It was probably like you know twenty-year-old tree. That was literally plucked out of the ground. The roots left behind, but the the tree was popped out 
move 10 feet, and then lay down gently. Wow. But they claimed it wasn't a tornado. It was wind shear. I was like, uh, no. okay. No. Yeah. They, they tried saying that when I was living in northern Michigan. My friends and I went down to, uh, went from this town, Petoskey, down to this town called Gala just for some mischief one night. And storms started coming, so we're leaving, and there's six of us in this, <laughs> crammed in this pickup truck. Like, there's three of us in the back, seen in the bed on a couch that sideways. Well, my computer just rebooted. Are you okay, Eric? Did you yeah, get cut I, off? Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm still man, here. Oh, we got some, we got some, uh, Got some things going on because yeah, I had a I had almost a total reboot. It shut down and turned back on, so I don't know. Shelter in place order. Hey, this is getting this is getting interesting now, man. Ooh. Well, um, we you guys may have to bounce. Well, we're, we're gonna wish you luck on your Kickstarter, Joe. So, I mean, it's, it's it's I know it's probably a tough one, and it's probably gonna be hard to. You know, realize it's probably not going to fund, but no, it's not you've learned to. A, well, I've that's learned. good. You have a good attitude. You have a really, really good attitude about it. Yeah. And I think you're, um, this you're going to be, su- you're going to be successful because yeah. you can, yeah, there are people, and I'm not going to name the names, but they are big names in our industry who could have had successful Kickstarters after an initial floundering. But instead, uh, took their ball and 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 went home. Do you because... mean Frank, Frank Menser? Oh wait, I was just oh, supposed to say his name. I'm oh, sorry. No, well, no, no, yeah, yeah, but Frank, yeah, Frank. Yeah. I mean, because, and he did not have anywhere near the preparation that you have and the work that you have done. Uh, to me, this this is what leads to a successful Kickstarter, is getting that work done ahead of time. You know, so. All all you got to do now is is get get the funding ready. Something place for tornado only works if you have a seller. You know, in New York City, most play most most homes have sellers. Uh, can't say the same for Texas. <laughs> Texas, we have no sellers, but there's always an interior room. It's it's almost always a bathroom. They ask you to go in, and and honestly, what this is funny. It's actually saved a lot of people's lives because they go in the bathroom in the interior of their house, and you'll see a picture later. The whole house is gone, and the bathrooms there because i don't know if they fortify them in texas or what but those middle bathrooms will be there a lot of the time um i don't want to deal with that the, the, what sucks about tornadoes in regards to hurricanes is you know a hurricane's coming you could track the path tornadoes right. are all over the place and we yeah. don't know and that they're they're frightening that's really frightening because there's no rhyme or reason to why they go one way or the other and we, we've been very lucky We've had a lot of tornadoes near our house uh, with some massive damage. We've never actually had any damage in our house. We've had some pretty close. Um, my brother Robert, they had one near his house. It was devastating. It didn't hit his house, but it was probably a mile away and just absolutely tore up a warehouse district, which, God, I couldn't – I wouldn't be able to live if our warehouse got sucked up by a tornado because we have too many good things in here to uh, to go away in a, in a windstorm. It would be awful, so – Oh, I, I hear hail coming down right oh. now. So, oh. beautiful. Yeah. Doesn't sound too large. Doesn't sound like they run outside because you have golf balls crashing into your car. It sounds more like like frozen rain. Slide grape grape shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. So, um, we're gonna um, we're gonna uh, roll around a little bit in the OSR. And Joseph, um, welcome to comment on stuff here. We're gonna we're gonna do something like we like to call uh, this week in stupid. And um, this week in Stupid, we have some some of our old friends coming back. Um, oh, no. 
<laughs> well, but you know, this isn't necessarily stupid, but we're it's just interesting news. Um, which one's this? Uh, how about TSR Con? You want to do TSR Con first? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let, let, let me get the uh, the let me get it together yeah. over here. Hold on a second. I gotta... So, we, we finally have a date for TSR Con. This is uh, Lanasa's uh, and Ernie's um, uh, con that um, that they talked about was going to be at the Horticultural Hall. Um, there wasn't a lot of details. Well, I guess there's more details now. There, there's a, there's yes. there's an ad for it, and there's a time. And, we, uh, and, and now, and mind you, the ad for it now does not use artwork that they don't have the uh, no. the rights to use. You know, they actually, I guess, commissioned artwork for it. So TSR Con, July first, second, and third. 2022. Now I'm going to hold off on uh, uh, on on the uh, the good good piece for a second here. It's going to be seminars, dealers, auctions, celebrity guests. We don't know what the celebrity guests are so, yet. We can have celebrity yeah. guests. More miniatures, more tournaments, more fantasy RPGs, and I'm going to guess it does not include uh, giant lands. I'm going to guess we're not going to have giant lands on that one. Ouch. Going out on. Uh, go ahead, Alimler. Go ahead. No, I say they're not friends anymore. So no, no, no giant lands anymore. More board games, more and more and more. The nation's primordial gaming convention. Now, this is where I, I get the, the the Princess Bride vibe of. I don't think you'll know what the the, the word means like you think it means, because uh, no, <laughs> unless they're saying it's the no. most basic convention you're gonna find. Or it's uh, born of the ooze of the of of gaming. I don't, I don't get, think yeah. either one is it. No, uh, it doesn't it doesn't track. No, no, no. I just that, said that. But the, what I think is interesting. They so we've heard from many people. We've talked to people who've been there. So I, and I've actually been to Horticultural Hall. I, I went on tour there. We're talking one hundred and fifty tops people, right? I mean, tops one hundred and fifty. It gets dicey after that in terms of crowds and we are even those a year from now we're talking maybe post-covid so it's going to be tough for them to have i mean they could probably i think they could fill it up i think they could get 150 people there um well it's 160 people if you're doing a wedding yeah wedding, but the wedding is, there's the, no tables or anything yeah no tables right so now if right. you're doing a gaming convention i'm gonna say 100 to 120 maybe some people think they could use the outdoor space, but that's weather permitting. So. Well, Ven VentureCon, which is later that month, uh, is capping at 100, which is probably a very, very smart thing to do. Uh, I think but 100 but, for their. But Venture, VentureCon's an actual hotel. So you have oh, a venue that you're at a hotel. Gonna, mm, you're actually at a hotel. So, yes, this has the bucket list aspect of it's at Horticultural Hall. And that's a bucket list for a lot of people. I understand that. Yeah. But it's uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, in the middle of the summer, when most of your hotels are probably already booked. Booked up because it, that oh. that is it's, it's a resort town. Yes. This yeah. is a, this is on a holiday weekend. That too, Joseph, that yes, too. Absolutely correct. Point. Yes. How do they think that's going to work? That's. I don't know if they ever think about anything too far right. ahead. So I mean, this this might be part well, of no, the no, course no. Here. They think of things pretty far ahead, and I mean, I'm going to tell you why I say that. I mean, oh, okay, okay. I, here in Columbus, we have Marcon on Mother's Day weekend. We have Origins on Father's Day weekend, but nobody books a con for Independence Day because 
Nobody wants to go to a con on that weekend. That weekend, no, it's not good. It's hard. Uh, listen, no. um, well, God, what's that convention out in uh, New Jersey? Oh, uh, God, it's, it's every. It's it's usually the holiday weekend in July. Mafia I've never. Con. Go- Which one? Mafia Con. No, not <laughs> my. That would be funny though. Uh, Bent Nose Con. No, I, 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 I'd have to ask uh, Joe Block. Joe used to run the OSR track there, and I was invited, but I could never. You could never either, go. No. I either either as a cop, I was working, or I had family obligations. Like, yeah, hon, uh, you know, the July Fourth weekend. You don't mind if I escape while we're away to go to a convention in New Jersey? This is before Rich was going to conventions with me, so I don't. I, I, she wouldn't have been happy with that. So, but in any case, look at the sponsors to TSRCon. This is the best part. This is okay. where you get to the nitty-gritty. This is this awesome. Is the, this is the nitty-gritty. And this is where I'm going to say um, there's a little bit of a, a planning ahead here. Okay? Um, TSR, the Gaming Wizards. That's obviously TSRCon. TSR, Justin Lenox. So they're sponsoring their own con. Okay, right. well. Whatever. Dungeon Hobby Shop Museum is. Oh, that's them too. So they're Justin Lanasa. They're still okay. sponsoring their own con. It's okay. Uh, the Wizard Icon on the far right is owned by TSR. So they're sponsoring their own con again. That's three right. times. Yeah. OSR Games. That one stumped me. Uh, nobody could find. I couldn't find it with a Google search. Sounds I was like, generic. oh, yeah. So yeah. So somebody. Uh, who was involved priorly with TSR 2, did the research. And OSR Games is a Wisconsin corporation incorporated by Justin Oh, it's that they're sponsoring themselves again. So they yes. sponsored themselves four times so far. That's All great. Right. That's and now great. Wizard Tower Games is a company that has advertised on Facebook. They have a game coming out in November, December. Supposedly, theoretically, but they have nothing, no products out yet. But they're a sponsor of this convention. So basically, four, four out of five sponsors agree they are just Lanasa. <laughs> so this is so. I, what I would call this is, I would call this seating. And what seating is, seating is when you basically make it look like a lot of people want your product. Because that way it gets other people, it attracts other people there. So make it look like you've got all these sponsors. Make somebody say, "Oh, I want to sponsor TSR Con too," just like all these other people. When in reality, there's pretty much just one and a half sponsors, or maybe not even that. Because I don't consider sponsoring your own con sponsoring your con. I'm sorry. No. So so really, there's one sponsor, maybe half a spot. I don't know. You know, the, 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 you can't tell me that like. Well, let's see. ShireCon is ShireCon sponsoring itself? No, it does have sponsors. I've been a sponsor in the past. Yeah, but come, come on, very. Uh, dare I? He's called CD. It's CD seating, right? It's it's it's. Uh, should I go as far as to say it's dishonest? I I don't. You know what? I'm not going to say it's dishonest. Any more than some of the stuff they they did when they said that, that, that they're gonna they're gonna go back to their roots and have I mean they were kind of implying they were the same TSR that started Gen Con and they kind of they kind of implied yeah they kind of implied that you know they're the same TSR that 
did D&D when they're not. So it's along those lines. If you call that dishonest, I guess so. But I, I see, I, it's more to me, it's more misleading. It's just very misleading. Right, so Matt, Matt says it's, it Google calls that link farming. Okay. Yeah, link farming. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one too. Too. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't. I I've talked to a bunch of other OSR publishers since this was announced way back when, and through the TSR 3.0 fiasco over the summer with Ernie and Lanasa, and now this, I don't know a single publisher that actually has a name that is going. No, I, no, I don't think anybody. No, well, they don't have a sign up yet. There's no sign up. Or they just no. they just announced their days, so now we get to see there and wait to see if they actually get on a site and or they do it themselves or they use the uh, what's the site everybody uses? Oh gosh, I'm, I'm just blanking out. Here. Uh, tabletop. Or tabletop. Uh, they use tabletop. What? But yeah, so far nothing. So. But then neither. Yeah, I don't neither know. No, no, no. Actually, no. So. No, they do. They do have some games actually. Oh, somebody sent me a, they do some what? somebody sent yeah table top whatever somebody sent me screen links of like five or six games that are already uh but i mean they're they're not sponsored games they're not um names of people that are game creators yeah, they, they're, they're, they're on yeah they're on tabletop here they are on tabletop so yeah time to do a deep dive man uh -oh. See what they got going on here. I mean, ice and ice and dice has more cred than they do right now. <laughs> I, uh, I I I mm, ice and dice. Uh, you got castle coming down for that. I'm going down there. Oh, they just got one page of um, eight events. So yeah, that's all we have. So far. are they all Ernie's hobby shop dungeon? Oh, that Ooh, nice nah, one, Joseph. Nah. Nice one. No, there's a Hyperborea. Uh, Gamble World, a Castle Crusades, designing an RPG board game. Who could that be? I don't know. I'm going to click it. Um, that's run by we don't know yet. It's on the lawn, though. It says courtyard on the lawn. Well, so, so, again, they're, they're using outdoor space. So, if it rains, it's, it's run by Wizard Tower Games. So, Wizard Tower Games is running that one. Wizard, Wizard Tower Games, a company that has, has not no published their, yeah, hasn't published their board. They, Theoretically, we'll have the board game out in time for the con. I will give them credit where credit is due, but a uh, little, yeah, just, a little. Uh, Shane Bradley is the one running the game, so good. He's running a lot of games. He, that's he's an awesome dude. Um, no, I'm serious. Though. I mean, uh, oh, you got a couple of names, a couple of names here. I, I shouldn't have named him, but a couple of names here. So they have sign up. People are signing up. I, I don't know how legit we are here, but uh, we do have sign-up. We do have a um, tabletop games thing, and so I guess we'll just see what happens. I mean, it's, you know... It, it, you know what? It can be successful even without people coming into Lake Geneva from outside. There's a large gaming community in the Lake Geneva area, and if that's sure. the community... I mean, if it's going to be aimed at people that are local, you don't need uh, a place for people to stay. Uh -huh. But... That being said, if you're hoping to get people from the outer areas or or, or game publishers, um, there's no place for them to stay. Yeah. You know, it becomes it becomes rough. It's a tough I, weekend. It's a very tough weekend. I agree. I lived in a tourist town, very similar to Lake Geneva, except a little bigger. For thirty years, a little bit more, maybe. Fourth of July weekend, there isn't going to be a single hotel room available. 
Not I, you're probably right. Yeah, I think you're right because that's that this is a resort town, and that's July Fourth. And, and hell, even the I live in Dallas Fort Worth. There's no hotel rooms there uh, July Fourth. I mean, you know, just anywhere, any any, any city like that. Oh, and then this one. Oh no. I give Vendricon a better chance of happening uh, than uh, well actually Vendricon. I give I give Vendricon a better chance of repeating because I don't know if TSRCon is going the, the expenses required to run it and you don't yeah. have a, a, a venue where people can stay at so you're not gonna get money from out of towners. Right. Uh Vendricon's limited to about a hundred people. And they have a hotel, so that's they good. Have, that, that's they a good have one. a hotel. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. I'm trying to get over the fact that this is a guy who claims to be the like, high priest of oh. Cthulhu, the Duke of OSR, but didn't know critical hits didn't exist in first edition. Well, we're we we know we know we we're, we're buddies <laughs> with Venger. We know Venger. Yeah, he's he, like I said. At least I will say one thing about Venger. He's pretty determined. If he's determined to get something going, I think it'll get done. I, I'll give him that. His, his products, yeah. he, he has some nice products. His products come out and they look really good. He actually has, well, I'll tell you one other thing. He's published stuff. Yeah. TSR God hasn't published anything. Yeah. These are, are, are the TSR part two. Vengers published some really nice. I was just looking at some. I don't know. I'm gonna, he's got some it, nice artwork on this stuff. Uh, Bromos. Yeah. These use the Blackmore Castle art, but then. Uh, you know, it was placeholder art, so don't get mad at us for using it. So they swapped it out, I guess, with original art that maybe isn't all original. Well, I, I couldn't tell you. Look at that. We we mentioned Joe. Joe, we actually mentioned you because of uh, New Jersey and conventions. And I, and I forgot the name of the convention out in New Jersey. That's usually under July 4th weekend or around there. It's primordial because it came up for news. So this, I mean, um, this is one of his oh, books. Yeah. I don't know, the Chalt. I mean, it's eh, nice artwork that looks like that's Venger right there. But, you know, it, it's a nice book. He puts out pretty good products. I mean, there's Chalt again. I mean, this is... Dexcon. Really Thank nice you, Joe. Product. Really, really nice Thank product. You. So I'm going to give him that. He's got product out. He's got more cred than these guys by far. Way yeah, more I mean, cred. I'll give him that. But he's... His edge... His... I'm so on the edge thing. That shtick is so... Uh, we've talked to Venger about his shtick. Yeah, I think he knows that his shtick is didn't play very well last time. Um, well, you know what? I, I look at it a lot like chop chops, right? There was a period of time, probably uh, late 90s, the early aughts, where shop jocks were all the rage. You know, it wasn't just uh, Howard Stern, it was Opie and Anthony, yeah. and everything like, you know, they, they'll get right up to the edge, and sometimes going over the edge. And then they all stopped being what they were. Howard Stern's the last man standing. I don't think anybody I know ever listens to him anymore. You know, they've all kind of fallen off. If you don't, and even Howard has adjusted his game. I think Venger is adjusting some of his game, which is good. Because again, when he does fantasy RPG related work, he does some of the best edgy work that's out there. I'm not going to say. Um, the absolute best, but the quality of what you get for your money uh, is going to be second to none. And although it's edgy, it isn't like uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess. Here's an edgy adventure that will just fuck your party over and you can't complete it. But it was edgy. 
Venger stuff you could actually use in your home campaign. Maybe tone it down a little bit, but you yeah. can use it. Um, and I think that that is uh, one of the standards for quality. Um, you can have amazing looking stuff. I mean, raggy stuff is some of the highest and physical quality stuff he you're hell, ever going to find. Quality is amazing. Yeah, quality of, of raggy stuff is amazing. But you just never know if it's going to be. Yeah, but the uh, content, sometimes the content is so edgy, it's beyond edgy. And it's like, okay, that's, yeah, that's unnecessary. <laughs> we need to see that. I need to see that. Yeah. Because he, I think Raggy also, what you said about shock jocks is very, because, and we said this before, when James Cowell stuff, he had some great stuff. Death Frost Doom, Grinding Gear, uh, Hammers of the God. I mean, just some great stuff. And then it's like he thought he was going to one-up himself. And he just had some stuff that was just not, you know, I think he could do better. I mean, you know, the, what was it, the Monolith from Beyond, which is just an awful adventure. I, I, ugh, I can't say how much I hate that adventure. Um, oh, I can. I any any adventure it. that starts with, the best way to play this adventure is not to play it. That's, what's the point? <laughs> because if you play it, you die. That's the whole thing. If right. you play that adventure, it's a total TPK. No, there's no way you get out of it. You're dead. So the best thing to do, he said, when the hook comes, is just walk past the hook and keep going. What's the point of publishing that? That's just silly. And so he did some silly stuff like that. He put a turd on. Oh, he put a turd on the cover too, which that was edgy. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, James. It's you know, and he and apparently James has a lot of product. He he's been talking on his page about. He just uh, put a huge order in for product. He's got a lot of product coming out in the next few months. And the, uh, and the ref book isn't one of them. I'm sorry. No, that's crazy. Of all the things he's going to publish, the ref book's not going to be one of them. Yeah, it's not going to be one of them. Now, uh, Ter Terry has a point. Venger, love him or hate him, he's putting out product that people are enjoying. Yeah. And he equates him with the Androidized Clay, the character is much different than the person. I, I had breakfast at, at Gary Khan with V years ago. And he was a very pleasant, enjoyable person to sit down with. Oh yeah, he, he yeah he's and, he was a, and he's online a, we've done guy. this shit. It's been like shadow boxing, but uh, you know I I I, I think that V has you know again it, there's there's, there's it, it, it's a growing process or so it's an evolution, and I think uh, V is learning that his work stands on its own when he does good yeah. work, and I don't think you have to. Uh, you know, it can be different. You don't have you don't have to, you know, be that standoutish when your work can do that on its own. Right. So it it, it doesn't. It, he kind of reminds me of professional wrestler in a sense. Hearing, sure. Hearing he's that from, he's from, yeah, hearing, he's hearing that yeah. two sides. He definitely has a gimmick, which is yes. Avenger, which we see online, and then the actual person. Derek, which, from what I understand from you guys, is completely different. So I could, yeah, I could definitely see that. He's got it, some great. He's got some great. Oh, God dang it! Book's so slick it flipped out of my hands. He's his books are slick. Uh, I would say he's got some really great art in some of this stuff. I, I've been, I'm, I don't know where he finds these guys, but uh, he's got some really good stuff. I can't find the page. I was right. Yeah, he finds really yeah. great artists, yeah, and they're they're. They do they do great work. He gets uh, affordable rates. Some of the work is actually donated. Um, v, I again, damn, I'm listening to this fucking rain. I'm sorry. I don't know if you can hear it from over. <laughs> I'm gonna, just like, 
Well, Holy shit! If you go off the air, we'll know what happened then. It's like shelter in a place. Yes, I'll go. I'll go, oh, I'll go under my desk. No, I don't think so. But I'm like, I, like, thank God I closed the window in the kitchen because usually when it rains like there's no wind. I'll leave the window open with the extra yeah. screen. Yeah. The cat will enjoy it. And now it's just like if no I way. did that, my kitchen would be flooded. <laughs> so what? But, what else do we have? So we have we have uh, a TSR con. What else do we have this week for this weekend? Stupid or not stupid, or maybe stupid, or um, I think that was the uh, the, the major stu- stupidity. Yeah. That was the there was some other stuff that got sent to me. Uh, Gail Gygax calling out Joe was it Joe Mangiola. Didn't oh, didn't see that. Oh, no, oh yeah, that. Joe, oh, no, Joe, she didn't. Oh, Joe, yeah, I got, uh, Joe my oh, lawyers want to talk to you or some shit like oh, that. Oh, Jesus. Come on! It's like, I Gail. guess I guess her brother-in-law stop wants to pay it. out. Just stop it! Yeah, you know. Is anybody scared of Gail anymore? No, it's just that's sad. Yeah, here it is. Oh boy, you yeah. found it. Please okay. call my LA IP attorney. Does she have? What's the chance that she actually has an LA IP attorney? Seriously, she has one attorney that handles everything. Right. <laughs> From what I understand, her, her brother-in-law. Yeah, her brother-in-law, and he's not in LA. Sorry. Good lord! Actually, yeah. I'm thinking. I think Vetus uh, has a new Kickstarter that launched. So, yeah, this this is yeah yeah that's that's just sad, as usual. She sent me a friend request on Facebook like mm. two I, uh, three years uh, ago, and I've just let it sit there and ignored it. it. I, I've been blocked for years. I I, I got blocked. Uh, shortly after she agreed to have a telephone conversation with me to discuss uh, issues with the uh, Gygax Memorial Fund, and then she decided not to have the conversation with me and threatened me with legal action. And I was like, oh, geez, I guess I got a bit too close. I love threats of legal action. I mean, I... uh, I, I, It's like notches on the belt. It's like, oh, another one. Thank you so much. I know I'm doing the right thing when, when oh, somebody boy. does that. But I'm, uh, I'm more likely to accept a friend request from my stalker ex than her. <laughs> oh. and this well, is, he, here's I'm the thing. Gail, Gail, is only, Gail is only sending out friend requests for when she relaunches the Gygax yeah. Memorial Fund. However, it's going to there's no website for it. There's been no activity on the uh, Facebook page for years. Um, it, you, I got to dig to find the uh, financial information, which just goes to show that there's no money coming in. Um, and I still love the fact that there's no money interest being earned. You're sitting on two hundred thousand dollars. You're not earning interest on it, even even at a small amount. There's there's. You're not using it. You're not. She's no. not spending it on the memorial. So, uh, I, but I gotta go back and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta kick that hornet's nest. It's probably overdue. I was, I was trying to be uh, thank you, Matt. Kinder, kinder in my old age, but uh, you know, you can't, you can't always just let things, things. You can't let it all lie. I'm just trying to catch up to all the comments. Everybody's been Here, here's what you know when Gail is reached the. Point where she's meaningless. I'm looking at her comments on her page. One, one reaction, one reply. I mean, there's nothing. No, nobody's reacting, replying. Two thumbs up. 
That's, I mean, that's it. No, nobody, nobody wants to interact with her anymore. She's, she's not, she's not just me thing anymore. You know, she's she's past her due date. Well, yeah, Greyhound Garden. You don't get interested in a shoebox under the bed. Um, that is true. Now, I don't know. I mean, there's other things that strike me as strange that. If you buy the reprints of the 1E uh, core books, they still say a portion of the proceeds are going to the Guy Gax Memorial Fund. But Gail is shown they, like 10... They, they can't be going to the fund anymore. No, I, I, they can't no. be. It's right. Yeah. So, because if they were, they, they'd have you make more than $10 in a single year. One, I think it was 2019, 2019 or 2018, the fund took in $10. Which is other thing. You, you know, she's not serious about it no, when she's no. not putting the effort in to raise money for it. No. That's a shame. Yeah, it's it bad. I've it's been bad. saying that since that all, yeah. Before I even knew any of the guy acts, I thought it was a shame. Before I knew any of the story was going on, I thought it was horrible. Do I think well, that the stuff that she claims to have will ever see the letter day in published form? Uh, if she passed possibly, away. Or I hate, to, I, hate to say it. I hate to say right. it, but yeah. Or if the will gets abdicated, yeah, in, yes. in favor of that the uh, children, which uh, I that had she was filing for so many delays on that. I don't know when the I lost track of it in, the, in back in June. I haven't looked in well over I two months. I haven't spoken to Luke in months, so I don't know where that's at. Yeah, I was keeping track of it in the uh, Washington State court system. I'm gonna have to refine my links oh, to that yeah. because. Uh, and I, and, I, and I've spoken with Luke. And, uh, I, I'm in communication on occasions with other members of the family. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's not like there's two wills that are being contested. There, Gail, at fire, I understand, never filed a will either. Yeah. She never filed a will, and the family just figured the, 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 the legacy property wasn't even worth fighting over. And now the IP... If it doesn't rot on the vine, it could be worth something, especially now that we've seen all these Netflix and Amazon Prime TV series. So we'll see. This is very this is very much speculation totally. There was a thought in the industry for a while that the reason the producer dropped his lawsuit against her wasn't because he was worried about losing, it was because he thought that she might not have control of the state for much longer, and there was no there was no point in finding her. Right, that so was my understanding. Just take that, whatever, however you want to mean it. But I, that's what I've heard is that they're just going to wait and see how the uh, um, how the dust settles, and then they're going to whoever ends up with control, they'll make a deal with them. And if it, they and I think they hope it's Luke and them because they can deal with Luke. Luke and them right. are crazy, and then Luke will, Luke and them would love to see stuff like that published. So, uh, Mar we'll Marcelo, Marcello, I want Legendary Adventure back. So do I. I'll put my vote behind it. Hell, I want Cyborg Commando back. You can't stake that in the ground like a vampire quick enough for me. Oh my God! The most amusing part of hey, that look, was the uh, use the OGL. Oh. Make your own Cyborg Commando. You got the OGL, brother. Make your own Cyborg Commando game, and there you go. Yeah, I don't know why you'd want to, but no. Oh God! No, I mean, I I, re I remember seeing that advertised in the pages of the Dragon, going, 
I gotta get this. And then I got it and I went, oh, why the fuck did I get it? It was unplayable. It was so, literally yeah, unplayable. There was actually three modules for that too, which is crazy. There was three adventures published for that, which I've seen, but I've never actually opened. I think when I had them, they were shrink wraps. So I didn't open them, but yes, they actually published adventures for that too. Wow. So, I don't think I, I can't disagree. I don't think that the Greyhawk IP is depreciated. Everyone, I seem I think that there's a market for it. No one wants to pay Gale. Well, the problem is Gail wants complete control. Nobody wants to deal with her, and that's the point. Is that nobody's going to deal with her? So it's a moot point for everything. There's no, there's not going to be a moral bill because nobody wants to deal with her, and nobody's going to publish anything Greyhawk because nobody wants to deal with her, and none of the stuff that we just mentioned is ever going to come out because nobody wants to deal with her. She has, like it or not, she has a rep in the industry now. The rep is is an awful one, and whether whether it's uh, justified or not, it's there. You know, it's there, and so yeah, it's just. It's now it's just a waiting game. It's a waiting game to see what happens, see if anything happens to Will. Um, see how Gail's health goes. I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, it's a waiting game. We may not live to see the end of the game. My, I don't know. Yeah, my, biggest fear, my biggest fear is that if she loses in the Will case and has turnover, she, I think she'd rather torch it, personally. I don't think she wants to give any of the kids satisfaction. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, she's she's pretty much as unpredictable as she comes. She's litigious type person. Yes. I don't think I don't think she would just because I don't think she wants to go to jail, and, and that would be she go to jail. <laughs> I don't think she wants to go uh, spend her last few years in jail. No, I, but she claims that she's ill. She can get out of jail. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, I not mean, hard to stay out of jail. Put in. Again, r- rumors that I have heard, and I'm, I'm going to say it's a, a, a rumor because my sources are good, but they aren't primary sources. So um, back again when there was, the, before the lawsuit over Gail's uh, contract with uh, the, the Transformers producer, um, my understanding was that he wanted Luke to be on board yes. as a producer or, or a showrunner. Yeah. He wanted some kids. He wanted somebody that actually had the last name Gygax that was a child of, of, right. of Gary. And somebody that would be, that, that he could bring to meetings right. with him and say, hey, sure. look, and, and, and have a, we'll have him on board. A name that you'll have on the tin. And uh, Gail was insistent that none of the yeah. children from Gary's first marriage could have anything to do with the project. I, I, again, I cannot say that for definitive proof that this actually happened, but I've heard it from more than one, one source. I believe the sources I heard it from. Um, and from having dealt with Gail as I have, I could see that because she seems to have an amount of ill will toward those, those right. kids. Yeah, she those, does. You know, so I mean, thankfully, un- you know, unlike the uh, Gen Con YouTube channel, we do know that all the siblings get along together. Right. Even Alex, her her child, mm-hmm. with the the siblings from uh, Gary's first. Yeah, the, yeah, half, the half, they, they're half brother. They, yeah, Alex. Yeah. Yeah, they all have a good relationship. They all get along pretty well. 
So they keep this family drama out of it. Um, but again, if you were on the uh, the Gen Con YouTube channel, you might be hearing other stuff. Jesus, this is true, and I don't. I, I know that personally from face to face conversations. <laughs> that that is not true. They get along very well. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Oh, yes. well, I go to Gary kind, go into grow up, go, growing up Gygax. They're all there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We see them all there. We see them all at the bar later. We see them hanging out. Yeah. They're, everybody's there. And so, yeah, they're, they're all, she's the odd man out there. You know, nobody wants anything to do with her. So, I don't know. I, I mean, ba- Gail bashing is just so easy. I, I can't even get it. I can't get excited about it anymore. It's it's just gotten so ridiculous that I just like, yeah. Well, I try to avoid it without using the word allegedly, so I can't be seen. Well, yeah, I would <laughs> use allegedly a lot because she is litigious. Yes, allegedly yeah. opinion. I think those are the, those are your keys. You see, I, I'm not sure whether it was Gail or Ken Whitman that threatened me with my first legal action. I I, I think it I was her was, actually. I, I really think it was her. And it was and then, because it was you're talking. It was when it you, wasn't even. It wasn't when, even when she had the. It's when she had the uh, the extra persona. Whether there was two of them. Yeah. Yes, I, I, was get, I, I was getting a message from Gil Gygax's uh, Facebook account, but she would either sign it as Gil Gail Gygax or Mrs. E. Gary Gygax, and Mrs. E. Gary Gygax was the litigious, threatening individual. And Gail Gygax was the sweetest woman I've probably ever dealt with online. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, that's the same account messaging me. And it's just like, hey, I just got something for legal act with legal action to be potentially sued for a comment that one of my readers made on my blog. Yeah. <clears throat> I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Oh. oh. Can't, can't make it up. I think the, the Dragon Riders of Tirth people were the, the third people that threatened me with legal action. Oh, that's when you savaged their uh, product? Yeah, or, when I savaged uh, their Kickstarter, oops. and then they called me a backwater blog. How dare you, sir? How dare you, And then sir. threatened me with legal action. No. For, it is sad. It's really sad, Cal, because it's every time something like this happens in the hobby, it um, it just, you know, the, the kids nowadays and the younger people don't get to learn they don't get to know stuff. That, no, and we I've said this many times. Nobody knows who Gary Gygax is anymore. I talk to kids no. all the time, younger people, and they have no clue. No clue. His name is not on the books anymore, except it's inside, but it's not on the cover. And so they, they don't know who he is. And they have no clue who he is. And a lot of it's because because of this, this kind of you know, stuff like this. It's it's very sad. Uh, and that's why Gary Khan is important, because it's a living memorial to Gary Gygax and everything he stood for, and, and that's what sucks about it being canceled last two years. Because without Gary Con, you know, you lose one bit of contact with Gary and his work. Yeah. So we're hoping, crossing our fingers, they're going to have it this year, and um, hopefully, hopefully, hope so. Uh, tickets went on sale today. They they had a few screw ups, but it actually, from I'm not tickets. I'm sorry, room reservations. From what I saw online, it looked like it went a lot better than most of the times that I've seen it. Yeah. Um, that, not gonna. That's not saying a lot. It was horrible. You have to admit they've had yeah, in the past when it was been horrific. This was nowhere near that. This is nowhere near that. So the Grand Geneva, um, I guess, booked solid in four minutes. Is what I've seen. Four yeah, or five I heard. Minutes. I saw seven, but yeah, it was and pretty I, much like that. I yeah. saw some people complain about it. And I, I, 
I jumped into and said, look, guys, we're there to game. There, There's 13 hotels that come up on Google Maps search. There's 23 of you Google search in yeah, Lake Geneva. There's, there's, there, the one issue is just you, you have to actually drive to the property. Some people don't like to do that. And there's not, there is a shuttle, but I don't remember where it leads from or where it goes to. Um, it goes to the ones that are partnered with Gary Khan. I think there's three or four hotels partnered outside of Grand Geneva. Right. And it and, goes and to so, those. Yeah. And those are actually pretty nice. Uh, Zach and I stayed the night in one of them before our room and the Grand Geneva was ready. I can't remember which one it was in town. It was nice. It, it, it was it was fine. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 one, the one feature of Gary Khan is it's at Grand Geneva. The one bad thing is it's at the Grand Geneva. So because right. the, the town has really nothing else except for the few uh, several hotels and it fills up quick and they're honestly they're not built for a convention like Gary Con. Uh, Eric and I have been numerous times. It's just not built for this kind of convention. Um, yeah, which, as, as if you, know, you feel it more as a vendor. Yeah. I think if you're working right. from the vendor side, you you can the frustration that you go through getting the table set up or your game table set up yet when we had the uh, uh, Rapid 3D terrain, I, you really want to kill somebody if not yourself. But uh, I think as an attendee, it's less stressful, probably less frustrating. Yeah. There was also a call today online for people saying it's time to move to a bigger place, a bigger place. I'm like, there's nothing else bigger there. No, there's nothing. So, if you're Unless gonna you move, go to Milwaukee, we talked about that before. Yeah, you go to Milwaukee, but, and that's about it. Yeah. You know? But then, okay, so people that come to GaryCon every year go and see the sites in Lake Geneva. They go to the Stone for Gary. They right. go to Kilwins. They go to William Street. They go to the Dungeon Hobby Shop. They well, go to the Horticultural Hall. Yeah. Uh, when so, I was in town, that's right. I've been there a couple times. So, yeah. every that's a half day round trip of your day from Milwaukee gone. Hour there, hour back, plus seeing all the places. Yeah. You just wasted half your day at a con going out of town for something. Why? That's not worth it. No. Not at all. You know, I think it's ridiculous. I, I think the issue is, is that Gary Con is at that awkward size where it's too big for where it's at. And you if you cut back the numbers, you obviously can't cut back the numbers very much because you haven't had a con the last two years, so you've got to bring in money. So you get, you really can't downsize much without hurting the bottom line, which is painful. Yeah. Or you move up to some place like Milwaukee, which is going to lose you a lot of the charm that you get because of Lake Geneva, but will also jump this convention's attendance numbers. Sure, um, yeah. probably double in the first year uh, is going to be my guess. So. I think Luke would have to be in a position where he's like, uh, the colonel would have to be retired but before he could uh, take on those responsibilities. So I, I don't know. Time will tell. Now that's Gary Khan's the highlight of every year for me so far because I haven't been in North Texas yet. It, that's, ah. you, you'd have fun at North Texas. It's good. That's, that's a goal of mine. That is a goal of mine to get to. Um, probably not 2022 because. Uh. Well, now we're on this. My wife runs finances for the company. I let her handle that because if I handled it, money be going everywhere. Um, <laughs> it's the exact opposite in our household than the stereotype. Um, so our deal is if I go to a con, I have to be a vendor at it. Right. So 
North Texas and Game Hole look like they'd be like 2023. <laughs> but hey, I did get to be a vendor at GaryCon this year finally. So I locked oh, in there now. Good. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. I mean, oh, North, yeah. North Texas is a great con because it's it's capped around 400, give or take. But you're going to have a, just about the same number of special guests, especially from the OSR, that you would get at Game Hole or, or GaryCon. Um, Game Hole is an amazing convention because it runs like clockwork because I cook chairman. It's running the con and things will work as they're supposed to or to be held to pay. Most organized uh, convention I've been to. I'm yeah. saying that as an, as good, an attendee, good yeah, good uh, as, as somebody who's you know seen it from the vendor side, amazingly, amazing job. So you can't really, you can't complain with Alex. I, I run a con and it's more, it's run better than our con, my con. I'm going to admit that. So it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's Bruce, you're four, you're four hours from North Texas. You haven't made the pilgrimage yet. For shame. Next year, we're about 14, 15 people away from sponsoring room at North Ooh, Texas. That's right. We got filling it with booze. Oh, what are we at now? Giving Let's away $500 in drive through to give certificates on one of our talking crits. Oh, oh plus an extra 25 Plus that. We're at 986 box. subscribers. We need 14 more, friends. So we're, we're going to get there. 14 more. We can do it. I want to do it for TriCon, damn it. If you haven't clicked the button, please click the button. Please subscribe. Uh, give us a like, thumbs up. That always helps. You, we're not very good at this because we never ask for this stuff. We don't ever ask for this stuff. We're not good at it. So you got to, you got to, you got to take up for us, man. You got to subscribe and click our up button. Click our I'm pretty sure up. I am already. Nice. There you I'm, go. I'm fairly certain I am. Well, uh, I think that's about it for this week. Do we have anything else that we? Uh, no, no. Joe Block has said he wants to get a game. He wants to get the game hole in North Texas, which is Joe, good. Joe, we'd love better. to have you. We'd love to. Everybody I, talks. I everybody talks about you coming to North Texas, man. Everybody talks about Joe being in North Texas. We need you there. I would love to come down if I can get a vendor table. Yeah, just get a hold of me on Facebook. Come on. Um, yeah, our vendor, well, our vendor tables, all, all the stuff going on with Doug right now. We're going to wait till all that's yep. over. Uh, for those Obviously. that for those that don't know, say a and prayer my, for Doug. My condolences on that one. That, that's uh, yeah, horrible thank, news to hear. I appreciate it. he's he's um not doing very well. Obviously, he's, he's probably going to pass away soon. But um, he lived a good life. He lasted two years longer than he's supposed to. So yeah. uh, once Doug passes, we're gonna we're gonna look at some things and we'll we'll have information. Well, in, in good time, we'll have information about next year's com. We're, we're not gonna look at it for right now. You know, we're gonna um, we're gonna wait a while. But but yeah, we'll have uh we'll we'll do vendor tables, all that fun stuff when when we get a chance and we get around to you know setting things up for next year. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, sure. Joe, thank you. Listen, did this, did this run as planned? We never run as planned. No, this so, is just this is but, business but, as usual. But, no, but this is fun. I could do this every week. I mean, this is kind of fun. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that, yeah, honestly, uh, Mike and I, when we started doing this on just on the this is just on the podcast side, we were doing this as like eh, every couple of Wednesdays when we felt like it, we'd do it, and then Mike was like. Dude, are you enjoying this? I'm like, yeah, I'm having a blast. He goes, why don't we just do this weekly? I'm like, oh shit, all right. And then it's like, hey, you know, we could just do this on YouTube. Like, and then I sobered up the next day. I was like, what did I say that, that night? Uh, yeah, it's like yeah, we're gonna oh, do this God. weekly as our yeah. as a regular feature. But yeah, it, it is great, and we liken it to literally hanging out at your local pub or bar, and just 
you know, we don't come into this with a script or a bunch of questions like, all right, Joe, we're going to ask you the following questions. What is your favorite color? What is the speed of a North African <laughs> swallow? Um, we don't, we don't, yeah, we, we didn't want to do the same thing everybody else is doing. African or European swallow. We did not yeah. want to do that. I have no. that number somewhere, actually. <laughs> we decide not to do what everybody else is doing, which is awesome. Yeah, no, that's right. fine. That's fine. I mean, honestly, I, I love this. Like I said, I could do this every week. Uh, you guys well, that, if you guys ever question. need to fill in, well, tell us, you know, let, let us, let us know Wednesday nights uh, are my free night. when, when, if you do a relaunch, we will love to have you on again, Joseph. Definitely, oh, um, definitely. And hopefully, so, yeah, time so, I don't so. have internet problems. Yeah, you know what? The best compliment we can get, and and I'll say that we've gotten it from a good portion of our guests, is that I had so much fun, I want to come back. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> and and that is is spot on. That that tells Mike and I that we're doing something right, and and all these assholes that watch us live. I mean, obviously, we're doing something right because they keep coming back, right? To watch us. Mm-hmm. So, just yeah. to, you got you got to tell more of your friends so we can get up to a thousand. Um, and yes, we do have plans where we can monetize, and it's not putting money in my pocket or Mike's pocket. It's going to be put to good use. Um, but we're going to work on that details more when we get there, uh, folks. We really didn't touch on it, but we are still in the midst of the world of COVID. Uh, listen, use your common sense. Nobody here is a medical professional. I'm not going to give medical advice. Ignore all the fucking talking heads on TV, online. Talking heads don't mean shit. Talk to a medical professional whose advice that you trust. The person that you put your hands, your life into, and I have a few, there you go. Talk to them. Get their advice. Protect yourself, your friends, your family, your loved ones. Yep. Be safe. Be well. God Thanks, bless. Roll those dice. Mike and I will be back again tomorrow. Uh, God willing, Glenn Halstrom will be back on Friday. On Friday, yay. We're going to see how his move went. Yay, Glenn. Uh, and Saturday, Rach and I for Gamers Health. So, all right, folks. Later, folks. <laughs>